Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the critically acclaimed, award winning generic video game podcast. You're about to embark on episode 20, filled with tidbits, snarky comments, and asides in relation to the PlayStation 2016 press conference, TGS 2016, Nintendo and Apple's fling, as well as much more. Thank you for welcoming myself, Anthony, alongside gaming's media darling, the AVS to my MVS, Molly, and 16 months removed from our most recent recording with this person, we are also joined on episode 20 of GVGP alongside by the one and only Black Thunder Dark Matter, Neil. <laughs> It's a pleasure to be here. I, I, I don't mean to step on, on Neil's introduction because it's nice to have him back and, and everything、um, for, for this、uh, bootleg、uh, double, games, double, double Games Good Plus podcast. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Think it's, it's, it is a bootleg.、Uh, but Anthony, I think you have to be fired now because I believe you just said AVS to MVS when it's actually AES to MVS. Wow. So, nice that is a horrible mistake. So, as, some, as the person who has their Twitter name、uh, be a Neo Geo call out, I think you're、uh, fired for that one. Oh. Wow.、Mm. You always catch me on the opening. Yeah. But anyway, Neo. No, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What's the, your Nintendo USB? What is it? Okay, but, that's, but that, how, are you con, how are you comparing that to the MVS then? Because the Neo Geo, there's the AES and then there's the MVS. Right. So you're the AVS to my MVS. That doesn't make any sense. What's the retro USB you got? AVS. And then what's the arcade version of the Neo Geo? But wait, no. The AVS plays NES games. Right. Right. So I, just, I'm still just, confused by how you're comparing no, those two. No, so I had that right. No, you didn't. So, I, I'm, yes, I did. Neil, Neil, take him back, please. Just, just take him back with you.、Uh, it's, okay. I, I am so lost. I thought you were just talking about two different t y p e of carts AES and MVS. Now there's an AVS? What the、okay. hell is the MVS? Okay. So, so we're going to talk about it later. But okay. So, yes. Neo Geo wise, there was the AES, which was the、right. home system.、Mm-hmm. There was the MVS, which was、yeah. the actual board that you put into the、uh, arcade machines. Right. Now, the AVS. Is a new product by Retro USB、um, that plays NES and Famicom cartridges, but it plays them in a different way than previous,、uh, I guess you call them knockoff NESs. So I'm confused because Anthony is, comp- is calling me an NES clone and he's a Neo Geo arcade unit.、Uh, simply put, all it was was the play on one letter. Yes. That's all it、I、was. I guess. I'm confused, but. That's all it was. I can be, I can be your VCS, which is the Atari 2600. <laughs> yes. The computer system. You can be the Vectrex. Oh, good Lord. <clears throat> is, this where we so, t- yes. is this where we talk about the uh, uh, like weird naming that the Genesis was originally going to be the Tomahawk? I, you know what? I don't believe I knew that. Yes. And then one of the ads was that it scalps the competition. Oh, come on. Seriously. 
Good grief. I have yes. all those like Genesis history books and stuff, and I don't recall seeing that anywhere. It's it, You have to look for it, um, but I, I know because I know somebody who actually saw the ads. Wow. Uh, but that was back when Sega was going to be working with Atari to release the system together. Because, of course, oh. of course, you know, originally when Sega re- released a Master System, they didn't release it. They went through Tonka to release a Master System in America. And so Sega was going to pair up with Atari and basically, I don't know if they give the rights to the system to Atari or whatever, but the Genesis was originally going to be called the Tomahawk when it was still going through Atari for release. Yep. And they had a contest to come up with a better name. That's all I remember. <laughs> They did. They had a they had a contest to come out like name your system or whatever the hell is. But then, then let's well, say like you you get the system and then like a year later, uh, Nintendo reps would come to your house and take it from you and give you a blanket instead. I don't. I know that doesn't work. I know that doesn't work. But you know, you get the joke. What a start to GVGP twenty. American oh, yeah. American like colonization jokes. Open. The Generic Video Game Podcast, back on radio.morningproject.com, with special guest Neil Bauer of the Double Plus Good Games Podcast, president of Bauer Graphics, and later in the show who will be discussing, promoting, and educating us all on the Music and Games Festival taking place later this week in beautiful, sunny, overcrowded California. (laughs) Hot. Where all of the excess and overflow from the highways and byways of Cali are now creeping right into the city of Portland. Oh, gosh. More so than ever. But uh, not to be negative. Not to be negative. I was talking, okay, so you said mentioned rent. I was talking to somebody today um, who lives kind of, I I think, along the coastline of L.A. Um, Not Santa Monica, but down kind of further south. And he was saying... That his rent was like two thousand three hundred something, and you know how sometimes you, you'll get a note from your uh, landlord saying your rent's going up. Um, the note he got said his rent was being increased by a thousand dollars. Where was oh, this? Oh God! Where? Uh, here in L.A., like down along, like I, I think it's like El Segundo or something like that. A thousand dollars. Thousand dollar rent increase. Like this one month, it's like twenty three hundred. Next month, it's thirty three hundred. Wow. But yeah, I've heard like like Portland and Seattle are kind of going through that too. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. But um, we have a lot to cover on this week's uh, GVGP20. We're going to try and keep it within a 120-minute time frame. Uh, we have firsthand experience from the PlayStation 2016 uh, show uh, that was in New York for the big, I'll put that in quotes, unveiling of the PS4 Slim and PS4 Neo, which Molly was present at, I believe at the Hammerstein Ballroom. If I remember correctly, no. from GBGP 19. No, that was that was uh, that was the PlayStation 4 reveal. Okay, was Hammerstein Ballroom, and this one was the PlayStation Theater, right off of uh, Times Square. Oh, okay, okay. Well, they I'm did, interested. They didn't, to, they, uh, they didn't have this in Snoop Dogg's bus like they did at PAX when they revealed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought they would have done it in that with that kind of class, but anyways, they 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 tried to, but the the smoke kept jamming up the pros, so they wouldn't run right. It's just a thing. It's yeah. just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we've got that. That's in the bag in the history books. Uh, TGS 2016 uh, is here and gone. And um, I don't know. What else am I missing? There was the big PlayStation uh, system update, firmware 4.0 that came out recently. Uh, Molly, uh, who's always right, never wrong on this show. I don't even know why I'm here because Molly always has the facts. Everything from... Uh, more destructible stages coming in the recent Street Fighter V update. Uh, her predictions were correct in that they probably just didn't have the time. or um, And they would push that to a future update. Everything from that to um, true rendering of 4K games uh, between the Scorpio and PlayStation 4. Um, you know, they're already starting that war. It was the resolution war, essentially, of... Uh, 1080 versus Xbox One's, well, I don't even know what it was, 9, 920 or whatever the hell it was, it doesn't even matter. Now we're getting into differences in HDR, shaders, 4K, uh, you know, 4 million teraflops to 6 to 8, you know, does it all matter? Uh, oh, but there was also PAX, so PAX yeah. is also in the bag. Uh, my memory of Final Fantasy 15 side mission popped into my head that I watched. Which was very underwhelming, even though I think the game looks great. That was that 35-minute presentation I sat through from Square Online. I don't know what they were thinking, but uh, there was <laughs> there was pack. There were um, before you go on uh, Final yeah. Fantasy wise, the, the Kingsglaive, which is the Final Fantasy yes. movie. Yes. Um, there was one theatrical showing of it here in LA. Uh, I went to that, and I went to it with one Mr. Nick Rocks. So. Ah uh, yes, one of Nick. the ori- one of the original. Morning Project hosts from Warning a Huge Podcast. Nick, uh, always, you got to follow him on Twitter. Uh, obviously, there hasn't been a warning in quite some time. Um, that young man always has, uh, he's, he's got some interesting tweets. Uh, this past week, I won't get into it in its entirety. Uh, by the way, I stole his line from uh, Neil being our Black Thunder Dark Matter which correlates to a new uh, candy in Japan, which he did the translation of on Twitter. I thought it was oh, funny. I didn't know that. And then he recently wrote a song this past week. Hmm. Bored Dude Bro. Well, Bored was the name of the title of the uh, the entry, but it's Dude Bros. So that was uh, quite an interesting entry. You can catch that on his Twitter feed. Did you know that um, uh, Nick Rocks did... The theatrical poster for the original Resident Evil movie. I did. Believe yes. it or not, I did. And and this is also known, but like he was uh, in the running to play Anakin in the prequels. Uh, can I say? Okay, look. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be very honest. I'm gonna be very honest right now. I gossiped that story to someone. I'm gonna name names too because it's. I know Nick doesn't listen to the show, and I know the other person who I mentioned, Terry, doesn't listen to the show, and. Um, Sorry, someone's interrupting me with, literally with gaming news right now. Nobody nobody listens to me when I tell them I'm going to record, and they still – and here comes an F-bomb on GVGP20. Nobody fucking listens to me. So that's why that's – why, that's why I don't know what I'm – I don't know shit from Shinola on this show. I sound like an idiot because people are giving me game news while I'm recording the game podcast. <laughs> So anyway, I tried explaining in all seriousness a long time ago because I couldn't believe the magnitude of it. I said to Terry, I said, can you believe that Nick, I said, I don't know whether to believe it or not, is, was in the running for Anakin Skywalker. And you would have thought I was speaking Chinese and in hieroglyphics, uh, you know, uh, mumbo jumbo to him. 
And he did bring some valid points up to me. They weren't being disrespectful. But I got to ask you, since you brought it up, Molly, is that is that was a hundred percent legitimate? I that? mean, my understanding is it is. I mean, let's say like in the running. I don't. I'm not saying he's like one of the last like three choices. But I think it's more okay. When I say in the running, maybe I'm. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't even care, and I'm not being rude. I don't care if he was down on the last thousand. Which no, no. Would be amazing. I, I like, think it's. He I was. Think, at, I he, think it's more. I know. I believe that he definitely auditioned for it. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, he put up that post uh, a couple days ago comparing uh, uh, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, excuse me, you know, versus you know Nick Rocks and then the uh, the child actor. I can't remember who, who the kid's name from Phantom Menace. But the, but the shot, the resemblance between uh, Mark, a uh, young Mark Hamill and Nick was, uh, I was like, wow. Because he was in uh, a movie. I can't remember which movie it was. But he actually had like a quick, like you could, you know, he was one of like, I feel like it was um, not like a lineup, but they were, they were flashing like different, different, like non-important characters that were some way being like looked at or whatever. And he was one of those characters. I can't remember what the movie was. I feel like I want to say like it was like, um, like Coven or some weird, like. It sounds familiar. Teenage girls are witches kind of movie, but. Wow. I don't know. Doing good. <laughs> and look up his IMDb page. That's what I'm looking yeah. at right now. Yeah, but it's weird. Uh, since now, now that GVGP has turned into more of a movie show than anything, with our reviews of Deadpool, Batman, and much more X Men, since we're on this topic, uh, speaking of Nick, it, uh, it must it is worth mentioning that his father, uh, Michael, uh, was tweeting this evening, and I believe the reboot, the new MacGyver, starts today. Yeah. That's what we needed. And for those who don't know, Nick's uh, father was a villain on that show. Murdoch, uh, recur- wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I used to like MacGyver. I used to watch that as a kid. You know, what was the joke? The joke was that, you know, MacGyver could find a way out of a locked up... Uh, like paper clips you know, and si- string gum. Yeah, he could use a Slurpee and a, a Slurpee, a straw, and two nickels or something. And <laughs> Slurpee, get out of there. straw, and two nickels. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so there's a lot on GVGP20. Don't really know where to begin. Uh, you know, maybe the most important matter at hand, we finally have kind of folders on PlayStation 4. Now, Neil, which, which console are you like into right now? I am, I am, <laughs> you're not going to like it. Xbox. I am, PC. No, I'm totally into my, I'm totally into the Vita right now. I've been into the Vita for quite some time and my schedule has made it where Remote play is mandatory. Wait, I'm, wait, wait, so, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did, did you say I'm not going to like it when you weren't going to say that? Because it sounds so snobbishly, I, like, I'm the person, elite. I'm the person sitting here looking at my shelf of 50 physical Vita games. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear like, it. I, and today's sale does not make it easier. I just yesterday got the most recent limited run games Vita release. I have every one oh, of their Vita releases besides Abe's Odyssey. So wait, this one was, uh, this one wasn't the shooter. This wasn't Dragon, uh, Dragon Fantasy. Wh- okay, got it. Because there was it. sold so the, the previous batch was Soldner X and Rainbow Moon, and then this one's Dragon Fantasy, and then I'm not sure what the next one is. But yeah, but, I love this Soldner X. This was the ninth of their Vita releases so far. 
childhood grief. Yeah, good lord. So yes, those um, the last physical game I think I picked up for Vita has to be. Oh my gosh, is it? Um, oh my god, I'm trying to. Th I I I'm. <laughs> I'd hate to admit it because that's over a year old. Um, hang on a sec. Would it be like a big yeah. game? Or no, it was an import that we, we weren't sure if we were even going to get. Uh, I think we even talked about it on the last show. Hang on a sec. Mm. Um, uh, oh gosh, RPG. It's a it's a it's a virtual novel more than anything. Oh, Steins Gate. Thank you very much. But I'm just trying to figure out which version of Steingates that I have because there's been another. Because well, zero zero is about to come out in America. Okay, so that hasn't come out yet. So good. Okay, so I'm still on the current. <laughs> Yeah, because there's been um, there's been we've gotten one because a few years ago Steinsgate Steinsgate was released for PC in English and then we later got the PS4 and Vita versions and then um, I want to say it's November is when I think Steinsgate Zero is coming out which is which is the sequel slash prequel um, okay and that's com that's coming out for I think also PS4 and Vita. And have you, now that you're talking like this, and I'm so excited that, you know, it's, I don't want to show my, sorry, too much excitement because then it, it almost gets in, gets rabid at this point. But uh, the, the trilogy, the 999 trilogy, has that been confirmed that they're going to release all three games uh, multi-platform? Is that confirmed or am you, I just dreaming Do you mean that? like for consoles or? For consoles and then perhaps... Yeah, there was a rumor Vita would get the whole kit and yep. caboodle. Because, because well, I mean, because Vita has two out of three right now. It's the only one right. Vita doesn't have is nine nine nine, and I'm I am pretty certain they have announced that nine 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 is coming to Vita. My my big question is if it's coming to consoles or not. I feel like those two might be um, probably most likely coming to PC because there yeah. has been a much bigger PC push. Um, when it comes to both visual novels and uh, just Japanese games in general, but I, I I do think I do think for sure it's coming to Vita, and then I think they're kind of saying like other platforms, but not saying what other platforms those are going to be. Yeah, I I just need I have nine 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 on, um, gosh mighty DS that, DS yeah that's got to be DS, uh, mm -hmm. but that's the only one I would like to have on the you know to have all three on the same system. So if nine nine nine, I thought that was teased over the summer. I just didn't hear any. It might be the I... case that they definitely teased it, but didn't announce any platforms. But I will be shocked if Vita isn't one of them. Seeing as how the other two games are in Vita, and that seems like a game that Vita fans, because you know we're talking about like limited run game stuff. Um, what's so funny is, and I mean like, so you obviously know what, what those are, Neil, right? Of course. Yeah. So what's been funny about those has been the Vita versions are always the versions that sell out first. Like to it because there's three copies printed. No, it's no. exact same. It's the exact number of copies. Um, which usually I think I think the run is like three thousand <laughs> copies or something like that. But you you have. I hear you giggling back there. Um, <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah, you have to be there I'll like right when the games go up to get the Vita versions. But the like PS4 versions for a lot of the games have still been there maybe like five minutes later. 
kind of Good even longer. Lord. But the Vita version, like right away. So I feel like Vita fans are loyal and willing to buy games when companies are willing to give them those games. So I would be shocked if Bandai 9 doesn't hit Vita. I've seen a massive resurgence in Vita interest, and it's not huge. You know, it's like the same, you know, when uh, like when Dragon's Crown, somebody finds it, and then it gets picked up, and they're like, they, another thousand people get introduced to Dragon's Crown. Right? Like the, the Vita I've seen on, you know, Reddit and other social aggregates, like uh, I was just trying to find one on eBay, and what happened to the $99 Vitas? Well, now they're up to... You know, now they're more expensive. Now they're, I think, 150 179 back to their original pricing mm-hmm. because people are seeing, you know, these, this machine's not not the abomination that everybody in the press and everybody kind of painted it into the corner. And Sony didn't do a good job of it. I'm not going to... That's, that's my it. issue. Yeah, that's yeah. my... I, I, I like the Vita, on all jokes aside, but how Sony handled that is a disgrace. Wait, are we talking so, about... How the... Sony handled that system themselves, you know, they gave the green light for, obviously, for third party and to continue to support it and the platform is still there but just how Sony let that thing die is a disgrace. And the fear was that when everybody was talking about the PlayStation Neo and the new, you know, souped up PlayStation uh before the conference, uh my biggest fear is like why would they release another SKU? Right. This Q4. I mean, they've got PlayStation VR coming out in two and a half weeks. Uh from the conference it was a month and maybe 6 weeks out. And then I'm like, you're you're muddying up your SKUs again with another platform. So you have the thi- the the slim, you've got the VR, and then you've got the PlayStation. What is it, Neo? Yeah. Uh, Neo. Yep. But I'm like, good. That's three new SKUs in the same calendar year. I'm like, and and I know Nintendo does it like every 15 minutes, or at least you used to release <laughs> <least> new. <laughs> Uh, new DSQ, but it's to the point where Sony doesn't do a good job of maintaining that. You know, it's it says, oh, we've got a lot of attention. Let's pump out a lot of SKUs while we have a lot of eyeballs and a lot of people, uh, you know, paying attention to us. And then they only support the ones that are still ge- generating traction. That's why I think the Vita got sucked under because uh, it didn't perform extremely well. I didn't buy one. Anthony was the guy who talked me into it. <laughs> I feel terrible about that. For what? I'd never bought. I didn't buy a Vita at launch. I had no interest in it. Is this and true? That's very true because they were pumping out. They were showing that little deviance. I think was the big. Oh push. god, yeah. That was the retail push, and I'm like, why in the hell would I want that? Um, but six months later, I wound up picking one up, and I haven't. I mean, I have three of them now, right? So, uh, man, you're beating me and, on, on Vitas. Wow, I only have two. Well, you know, wait to see my 3DS collection. I've got one. How many do you have? Okay, well, to be fair, th- <laughs> no, wait, wait. To be fair, 3DS, I only have two. But DS, I think I'm up to 11 right now. Wow. Oh, my God. I have what? the most 3DS on the show. That is crazy. I, mean, I, have, 11? I have three. Wow. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I have a Black XL, Zelda XL, and a Monster Hunter 4 new 3DS. How? What? Why do you have a Monster Hunter 4? That was the one. That was because that was the new 3DS launched February of 2015 with the added horsepower, nubby, 
And um, it's the brushed silver one, which I didn't think we would get from Japan. But I will tell you, the greed in me, I was pretty much done with my 3DS purchasing. But I will go on record stating this. If, by some long shot, we get the Super Famicom, and I don't want a Super NES revision. If we get the Super Famicom new 3DS that Japan got last month, I would do it. I would buy it. Hmm. The only, and the only reason I even think that there's a 1% chance that that could even happen is because for those who remember, we got the Famicom edition of the Game SP? Boy Advance SP quite a while ago. I still have that on my nightstand. Well, didn't we also get the, the didn't the Game Boy Micro? Did we get the Game Boy Micro or not? Ooh, we did get the I Micro, yeah. yeah. We did get Micros here. No, I mean I mean the Famicom version. Oh, that, I think we did get the Famicom version. I'm that, almost positive we did. Hang on a sec. I don't or remember at least, that. like, I feel like we at least got like the the, the faceplate. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Which, by the way, Neil, um, I know these names are going to go in one ear, not the other. But um, <clears throat> for your love of Vita <clears throat> visual novels, um, not even counting like any kind of sappy romance stuff, you still have coming up Fault Milestone One. Root Letter, Narcissu, and World End Economica. So, so those, those are at least four so far that have been announced um, in addition to Steins Gate that are coming out. Oh, future. my gosh. Well, I've heard of... Hang on a sec. Let me see. Zero of I was going to say zero, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you, Good Lord. There are still plenty of visual novel choices coming for, for Vita owners. Hmm. Now, I do love those. Uh, the games that I've been playing, you know what I've been playing? Like, of course, it's going to be pretty easy to guess for Anthony, but the game I've been playing to death via remote play right now is Resident Evil 4 again. Uh, it, it's it's what I've wanted to see. A lot of people have problems with bringing out you know, remasters or remakes, and the thing that I love about that is that I can play them remotely when I'm <laughs> not around. And... Uh, the, I will not go on record by saying Resident Evil 4. Have both of you down... I'm sure Anthony's purchased it, but have you, Molly? Uh, I have not purchased the new version yet. Yeah. So I was a huge Game Boy... Or sorry, yeah, GameCube <laughs> uh, over PlayStation 2 version. The GameCube version was far superior. Oh, yeah, and, of course, yeah. And uh, this version is nice because they, you know... Uh, Capcom really does have a very lackluster track record of porting some of the Resident Evil games into high HD. Um, the Resident Evil HD uh, Master that came out last year, is that right? The original? The, mm-hmm. the uh, year, Jan- year or two. Yeah, January of... You're talking the original slash zero? Yeah, so the the one that they remade on GameCube. Yeah, we got those like first quarter this year and like Japan got them for... Yeah, fourth quarter slash first quarter. Wait, is that of this year? They put them on disc, the double pack, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, uh, that one is, it's great to play again, but it's sloppy, right? Like the save mechanism is really clunky and it takes you kind of out of it. It's, it's, it wasn't done with the polish that I thought that remaster could have done, right? It wasn't, uh, anybody play testing that would have said like, is there any way to make this look um, not so sloppy? I don't know what the Japanese word is for that, but it is. it was not as seamless as I would uh, hope. And it kind of took me... Uh, I, I enjoyed the game, nonetheless. This one is 
a lot better. Uh, but I know that there's another individual working on a remaster where he's updating all textures and everything. And I was here's gonna, the thing. I would go for no, it. No, go ahead. I was going to say I, that's what I was going to mention, but go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, so th that one is a massive labor of love and passion project. But this one, as I said, when I'm playing it on the Vita, it doesn't make a difference. It's it's I'm looking at it, and I'm playing it, and I'm enjoying it immensely. And uh, the one other thing that kills me about it is that they... Type 1 and Type 2 control scheme is terrible for Vita. Absolutely mm. terrible. Uh, and I have the... Uh, I ordered from PlayAsia two types of uh, controller add-ons for so I could have touch capability on the back. And neither of them give you the option... Neither of the configurations on Resident Evil give you the options to use the back mm. for, for anything. So uh, I have to use the Type 3 configuration where I have to use the square button to shoot. And it... As I said, it's not perfect, but it really, you kind of get used to it after you get through the village the first time. Uh, but I'm, as I said, that's what I've been playing on my Vita. Yeah, I don't, Anthony, I don't know if you know about this at all or not, but um, what you mentioned, yeah, so there's two guys who are basically going through and retexturing the entire game. And what I think they said is at this point, they're like four or five rooms away from the end of the game. So they're getting pretty close to being done. Um, but they've gone so far as, so I guess Capcom, um, people are going to tell me what I'm, where I'm wrong, but I think it was Spain. So that, that Capcom, the team from there, went to Spain and was taking like photography of a lot of, a lot of stuff that ended up being like textures and designs and stuff in Resident Evil 4. So one of these two guys has actually been able to find some of the real life locations that were used as textures in the game and and re-photograph them in higher resolution jesus so that they could actually put the real life things that inspired that but yeah if you look at it i know there's a really good thread on neogaf um that's going through and like every couple weeks or so they'll, they'll, they'll post a few new examples of like what the work they've done and they're actually also there's a lot of like um like te broken texture seams or shadows that weren't correct or Jeez. shadows that didn't pop up right or whatever, and they're going through and fixing all those, and it's like crazy. It looks good. Oh yeah, it looks yeah. Um, like mind blowing. Man, I knew that wasn't this wasn't going to be that. Right, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I haven't grabbed any. Like I have Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero, but I haven't grabbed um, four, five, or six yet. And I really like six. I know it's a it kind of like love it or hate it game, but. I want to pick up at least six and four and give them a replay. Well, I think what's happening. Uh, well, first off, you've got guts because I still remember your EGM review from a couple of years ago. You you stood by your words and you explained yourself. Also, four, five, and six are all readily available right now. Xbox One, PS4, twenty bucks a pop. But then I dare say, in the near future, I think Capcom is going to release them again, all in one shot in a triple pack. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not positive, so, but that would, that would make sense. I believe that's what's going to happen. I have picked up both five and, or excuse me, four and five. Haven't done six yet. I, I obviously have it on previous gen. Haven't picked it up again on uh, modern gen. So real quick, real quick before we yep. go on. Um, yep. Neil, do you have an Xbox One? I do not. Okay. No, no. The reason, no. The reason I ask is because I know how much he loves Red Dead Redemption. And... Now that it's come out for backward compatibility, like the frame rate is actually better when playing on the Xbox oh. One than it was originally. 
So like the kind of idea now is like, you know, on console, like that is currently my understanding is the best way to play RDR. Well, it's like I, I it's like I always tell you, Neil. It's always better on Xbox. <laughs> you don't ever yes. say that. He always says He's that. He always says that. It's always so, on Xbox. So here's the here's the take on that. I would love to play Red Dead Redemption on a next generation system, but I have to wait because I want to play it on the Vita <laughs> via remote play. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play Red Dead Redemption in my hand, right? Like who wouldn't? Uh, oh. So. So, yes, I would love to check that out at some point, and I'm sure I will be able to kind of see somebody who has the... And, and, and that's not the one where you put the disc in. Is that like... Is, well, is okay, that, there, 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 there's two ways to do it. Is If you bought the game digitally, <laughs> then you just download it from the store and you're done. Um, if, but but it, what's cool is... Because like on the Sony side, it's always like you had to buy have the, have the game digitally in order to play it again. On If you have the disc on the Xbox One, you put the disc in... It then downloads the game from their server, um, but you do have to have the disc in. But at least the disc, in some capacity, will get you the game again for free. You, you don't even have to ask, Neil. Xbox lets you do it always. <laughs> if if the Xbox had a handheld device where I could play it remotely, I would have to seriously consider it. I, I am uh. not kidding you how much, like, this is bad. I've been, and Molly, you've traveled quite a bit. Yeah. You know, you've gone to the plate, you've gone to PAX is my guess. I'm sorry. Is that right? Yep. I missed you there. I, I Anthony told me you were there and I was in and out in a day. I actually left a day early to get a puppy. So, uh, in Seattle, strangely enough. Uh, so I drove down to Portland that very night with a, with a new dog, hmm. which is a huge mistake. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I missed you there, but you've been traveling a lot. And when I travel, one of the things that I absolutely, like, I will check my passes. I will check my, you know, that I have my airline tickets. And then the other thing is I make sure that I have my Vita and, uh, battery pack, if not two Vitas. Wow. Uh, because I will cost, I know that whether I'm on a train or a plane or I'm in the hotel room, I am constantly leveraging that. And so uh, I don't know if you have a similar experience or if you're ever in these places long enough, uh, but Vita has become almost instrumental for me in traveling. See, my thing with always traveling is I could either play my Vita or I could sleep more. And I'll just say whether sleep. Yeah, that's a, no, no, good point. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I no, I, I always mean to because, I mean, like, I think on my last – because I went to PAX and then right after that, like, almost right after that, went to New York. Um for Sony stuff, like, I think I had both my 3DS and my Vita with me, you know, but like, I, I always am like, I'm going to take this and get it played mm-hmm. and get the game I'm working on played for my review and stuff. And I never, I just never do it. And I also, I can't, I cannot play on the plane because I get, oh. motion, I get motion sick. So, um, yeah, like finding that downtime of I'm going to sit here and play games is hard for me because if I'm back at the hotel, I'd rather just, you know, relax from all the craziness of that day just just chill out watch a little bit of tv and then go to bed or something like that so so what you're saying is if you had uh, like a games pack where you could bring your ps4 on the plane you would put the psvr on oh yeah well you're i would love that i would love that so much <laughs> but no, it's, it's, you, know, it's you know what's funny you know what's funny and and i had this experience again today 
I can't I don't know if I can say which game, but um I every it, every time it never fails. I'll I'll go to somebody and they'll be like, "Hey, well, we want you to play your our game in VR." And I'll be like, "I can't handle VR for very long. I, I get sick." And they're like, "Oh, our game won't make you sick." <laughs> and I'm like, "I bet you it will." Like, I will take that challenge and every single time except for one game and that was that weird third person insomniac uh action adventure that they're making <clears throat> spider-man no 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 for, v- um. for vr <laughs> um every other time including today like i've i've lasted maybe five minutes and had to take it off wow wait you were playing vr today yeah gosh almighty Lucky duck. I also it's like her, at PAX. It's in, uh, it's in her dashboard. Yes, my dash. Yes, <laughs> I'm driving in VR. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually at PAX had to play the the kitchen demo, which was mm. the original demo before Resident Evil Seven. So that was kind of neat. That's the one where they have you tied up. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. That was the one and only VR game I did at PAX. So. I'm do- By the way, I'm doing my impersonation of Nolan Bushnell on this podcast, eating while I'm on the show. That's a callback to uh, Double Plus Good Games podcast circa like 2011 or whatever Was he eating it was. Chuck E. Cheese pizza? Oh. That would be the best. <laughs> be the best. I don't know. But uh, earlier, not game related, I just got to ask you real quick. How did you like going to that dump, my former home state, New York? No, see, I, I like I like New York, and the best thing. Well, okay, the, it's so weird as a pseudo Californian now because we don't understand what walking is. You know, because we don't walk; we just get in our car. Um, my 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 wife, God bless her, she literally works like three blocks away, and she still drives over there. Jeez, uh, <laughs> like nobody walks in L.A. But like, I got to New York, and I ended up. At the end of the day, my my phones that I'd walked like four point nine miles. Wow! And that was just like crazy, but it, like it was awesome, mm. and I felt really good doing it. Um, but I was uh, so, so this will transition into the position stuff. Um, I was in a hotel in Hell's Kitchen, and then I walked to the PlayStation Theater, which was right off of Times Square, and then I walked to Times Square, and then. I walked down to Madison Square Garden, and I got New York pizza, and I had to eat it like a barbarian with my it, hands. It looked like it looked like Sbarro's, was it? It was not Sbarro's. It, it was. Um, <laughs> no, I saw it. It looked like Sbarro's. Oh my God, did, it was what was the name Sparrow's. of the place? It was Pizza Suprema. Hmm. Supposedly a good place. Okay. For G, for GVGP listeners, and this whole this, this just like pissing in the wind. I'll name you the three joints I used to go to, which are long gone from okay. the Bronx that I used to go to. Marconi's, Silvio's, and Vinny's. So, so you, you hear like that he had recommended me places that aren't existing anymore. <laughs> the, the last one that might still be there is maybe Pizza Time, but I think and someone got stabbed or shot there. So if, that's you what, get, if you want to get a really good pizza in New York, here's what you do. You go down, you dig up Vinny. His grave is like two blocks away. You dig him up, you throw him in the kitchen, he makes you the best pizza you ever had. They get a good uh, Sicilian or calzone. Oh, you never forget it. Mm, get, a, get, a, get a meatball wedge and sausage and peppers. So I had my pizza, and there, there was no silverware to be found, so I had to eat my hands, and it was gross and disgusting. Uh, but I tried the folding thing, you know, sure, whatever. Um, I went, I hopped on, I got on, was it like 
31st in Broadway. There's a subway station. Um, I hopped on the R. I went down to St. Mark's area. There was a little game store called Video Games New York. I went there. Then there was a barcade near there. I went to the barcade. And then I walked up past some other kind of park. Not Central Park. I know Central Park. Um, but a little park. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Like I, I like New York. I don't know. Um, it's it's like a it's the thing. The thing is, is I don't like San Francisco because I feel like San Francisco is trying to be like New York. Like it wants to be that, but like a cooler, hipper one or whatever. Um, but I actually like appreciate Los Angeles because Los Angeles is L.A. Like there is no other city like it. And I feel like New York's kind of that same way. Like New York is New York and there's nothing else like New York. So I kind of appreciate that. And I also, I love the idea of a city that you can walk around and take terrains in, you know, because I love Japan for that. And so I like... You like taking the New York train? Yeah. I mean, I prefer the Japanese trains, but... Oh, it's got... <laughs> um, the New York trains have a little more flavor, if you want to call it that. But... Wow. Woo. But no, like, I call that urine. <laughs> Flavor urine, it's the same. You like taking the New York train. But I like I like not having a car. Shit, it's one step away from Gantz. <laughs> oh my god, in <laughs> Jesus heaven. Jesus Christ. I I love going to Seattle. I'll take the train to Seattle from Portland and then I will take the underground whatever they call that, the light rail all over for packs and I love it. I love that. So okay, I love the fact that. No, go ahead. Go sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying it's one of the best experiences because it, it you avoid all traffic. You can duck in. The only problem is last time I saw you at PAX, I I barely made my trip back. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been stuck in Seattle subway for the rest of the night. So outside of that, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I stayed up. So I stayed a block away from. There's a big market, marketplace, market something or other, like right on the water like a big fish market slash shopping area or something oh pike are you talking pike place market yes, in Seattle? yes. Or, yeah i i say like basically across the street from that um and it was really interesting because it was in a partel which is basically an apartment building that they rent out as like a hotel so there's mm-hmm. no staff or anything but you basically stay in an apartment with like a kitchen and a living room and stuff um but i like seattle yeah and and the t- I guess my only thing is is like the trains. And this is the problem I have with with uh, San Francisco as well. Is like the trains don't seem as convenient. Like they're great if you're going to certain areas, but it seems like they don't go everywhere, kind of like a New York does. Mm. I agree. Seattle, you have to go within this like set construct, right. and if you're going outside of that, too too late, too bad. Those trains in New York all go to the same destination. <laughs> Hell. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, he's setting it up for hell. But so, Anthony, what, yeah. what, what happened in New York? What was going on? Uh, you know, in all honesty, I haven't. I moved out here in 91. The last time I stepped foot there was in 96. I have heard, just so, because there's got to be some East Coast people or someone listening that has some knowledge of it back there. So I got to be fair. So I always heard that the Giuliani era or like I heard when he got in in the 90s, it got cleaned up. Now, I need to clarify, I didn't live in the uh, I didn't live in Manhattan or Queens, but I wasn't lived. I lived in the Bronx, which um, one of the five uh, I'm putting myself on the spot live with five boroughs. But um, 
You were there during the Ed Koch era, I think. Well, you have a good memory. I was there for Koch and Dinkins. (laughs) 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 Fucking Mayor Dinkins. So I was – you have a good memory. So when I was there, you know, for me growing up – so here's the thing. I don't, like, hate it all. I think what it did for me is it makes you tougher. It makes you, um, you know, less of a wussy. But, you know, it was the type of thing you walk down the block, and I'm not exaggerating right now. I'm not joking. You know, you don't make eye contact. You look down. Um, It was very – the area I lived in was changing. I have to put this very politically correct on GVGP. It was changing. Uh, Just some of the areas were, you know, were rather run down. Uh, you know, you certainly didn't, let me put it this way, you certainly did not want to go to public school there. So my first experiences with public schools were when I moved out here in the early 90s. When I came out here to Oregon, man, I couldn't believe, I couldn't, I, first off, the first thing you notice when you get out here, I couldn't believe how green it was. I couldn't <laughs> believe all the trees. I couldn't believe the, <clears throat> the uh, elementary school I went to. In Raccoon City? No, it <laughs> It was, I couldn't believe how clean it was, how big it was. And you'll know what it is, Neil. It was at Templeton. Oh, yeah. Couldn't believe. Very, the... very little urine in the corners of that. <laughs> so, go, you know, because we were worried. I went to a Catholic school. And, and by the way, uh, here, I can say this on this show. And this, that's all bullshit, by the way. Only... <laughs> Only reason going to Catholic school there, that's so you don't get stabbed and you get a little bit better education. So mm-hmm. I did that up through uh, fifth grade and uh, just, yeah, so it was it was night and day. You know, the people are so much nicer out here. I'm happy for certain learning experiences and certain elements that I remember. And I can't get into all this on the show because it'll turn into Donahue or Oprah. Neil knows all the behind the scenes stuff, but I got to tell you, you know, everyone lives their own life and everyone has a different path. But, you know, if I was still there, I still have some relatives left, ones that aren't dead. And I mean, if you're ever feeling down, Molly, I'll put you on the phone with some people I know (laughs) and you will just be like, wow, like it is so great being out on the West Coast and I am living like... I feel like I could mingle with Paris Hilton tonight because it's just misery, drunks, low lives, and, <laughs> and that's just his immediate thing. <laughs> Molly, if you could do me a big favor and edit this podcast right after he says that uh, New York toughens you up and makes you less of a wussy, and then right after it, have him say that I own three. 3DS units. I got the Black XL, I've got the Zelda XL, and the Monster Hunter. If you could bumper those together, that would, I th- think, really show off how manly New York makes you. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so, I, so here's the thing. In closing, I always say this to people who go to New York and love it. Uh, that's New York is a big state. Like any state, I'm going to be very fair. Like any state, you have areas that are nice. You have some areas that are less nice. Everyone has a different experience. There were areas in New York that we used to visit that were beautiful. There was actually an area we would have moved to at the time if finances had allowed. Um, 
I, th- in my opinion, I think people who go to the city, which is something I don't have a lot of experience. Like when I say the city, like I'm talking like like what you're talking about, Times Times Square. And I have been I have been to Madison Square Garden once, and it's the most embarrassing story. Um, but I think it's a place for younger people or for visiting. Like I think one, I think a lot of people when they get to their late teens or twenties, they want to experience more life. They want different surroundings. I think when they go to New York City. I think they see a lot of culture. They have a lot of different experiences offered in the city. And then I think not all. I think some people get burned out. I think for some people who are more well off or have the finances, you can make a living. You could live in New York your whole uh, life. Well, let's go back. Early on, um, we were talking about the rent on the coast of California. Right. I just found out what a two-bedroom apartment costs mm-hmm. in New York per month. Can you guys guess what that is? I, you know... I would have guessed no more twenty five hundred, but with what we just learned about California, I mean, you're going to give me a number, and I'm going to say you're off your rocker. It's absolutely true. I just just looked that up this week. Not that I was moving to New York, but a two bedroom <laughs> apartment in New York, um, and it was right. But there was an explosion. Someone <laughs> detonated a bomb in New York. It's not no, I'm serious. I swear. Good Lord, please, Molly. Did you hear that story? Somebody. I'm not laughing at this story. I'm is laughing. That a bomb? Yeah, yeah, it was yes. a pipe bomb in New York. Is it, wait, this is this is like the really really recent thing? Was that New York? Yep, yep. I guess I didn't realize it was New York. But yeah, I did hear about that. Are so you... that uh, I saw that story, and I saw people commenting on like that's a really nice, you know, like that's a nice neighborhood, right. and uh, that somebody was, someone said, oh, I know exactly the building that picture was taken from, and he says. Uh, two bedroom or he says my apartment there was ridiculously expensive so i went there and looked up the listing because i'm i i have nothing better to do with my time and i found out that at same place a one bedroom is uh around five thousand a month wow for a, a dump. two bedroom oh get ready a two bedroom and i think it was 1100 square feet was seventy five hundred are you month. crazy so when you said someone can live a nice living i'm like if you're a billionaire. Uh, $7,500 for that? But you know what's funny is I know somebody who worked for a different website where um, she recently moved from San Francisco to New York for cheaper rent. Oh, come on. Oh, get out. So when you are moving to New York for cheaper rent, that, that tells you how bad San Francisco has gotten. Wow. Because I know that Brooklyn, the Bronx, and the Queens and those things are still like... I mean, they're not cheap. Is rent in my area like two hundred dollars? No, they're like they're like between twelve hundred and two thousand. Mm. So if you if your parents had stayed there, <laughs> you would be an alcoholic, but your place would be worth a lot of money. <laughs> so you got that going for you. Mm. Oh, anyways, let's we've diatribe. Yes, Wait, I New York, hear PlayStation. Your person. Yes, that's exactly what I want. All of this leading because here's the deal: the payoff here isn't even that great. So, I mean, I'll give my take, and then I want Molly to speak firsthand. She was there, and I want Neil to talk a little more. People are sick of hearing me. My take this on this bit. This bit is longer than the conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's my take on it. They could have just done a Nintendo style direct on it and just saved us all the trouble uh, in 30 minutes for what they showed. But now, Molly, you go. It, so, I mean, yeah, it was it was an interesting conference because it was like, okay, going into it, like, we knew very little of what was going to be happening. Um, and it was like, okay, what, what are they going to show? What's it going mean, to I mean, Obviously, we knew that Slim was coming out. And, you know, they, they revealed that. 
kind of take some of the wind out of those sails because like, okay, yeah, the slim's here and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, then, it, then it's like, okay, here's the PS4 Pro. And first of all, I think it's, it's got awful ugly. Like I understand it's the it's, pro, the pro. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, if you look at the PS3 to PS3 slim, like this looks like that exact translation or that, that, you know, because it's, it's that, it's that black matte with kind of a little bit of texture on it and a very simplistic right. design. Like it looks exactly the same kind of like thoughts. And that made sense to me. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't really care that the slim can look like whatever. I think it's a shame because I, I legitimately think the PS4 is one of the best looking consoles ever. Like, I think mm-hmm. they just got this amazing design that looks kind of retro and futuristic at the exact same time. And, like, when you see it, you just – it it just kind of strikes you. Um, so I was kind of the point in the Slim's look and everything. But then, like, they show the Pro, and it literally looks like it's two Slim's, like, stacked on each other. It's it's like it's like if you go to – <laughs> no, it's, what it's like is if you go to, like – a hamburger shop. Yeah, I saw the meme. You know, yep. you know, like, do you want like single patty or double patty cheeseburger? You know, like that's what this this system is. It looks like horrible, and they're explaining it. And okay, explanations cool. They're saying you know, four K gaming and HDR, and this like this like that. But they start like showing things, and you're kind of like, hmm. And I went into this conference being very excited because I've kind of more and more grown into the idea that I want consoles to kind of follow the smartphone route just because I want to keep my software. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with the idea of wiping the slate clean like every five to six years, mm. especially now that we have all this digital software. Just, you know, the idea that, okay, I can't play any of my PS1 games that I bought for the PS3 on the PS4. You know, I bought all those PS2 games, and now I'm having to rebuy different versions of PS2 games. Um, all those PS3 games, like, I think it's the frustration of, you know, okay, last generation, we finally, finally got a proper version of, like, Capcom's Dungeons & Dragons games, for example. But now those games, at least on the PlayStation side, are stuck on the PS3. You know, right. we got a, a great version of Sonic CD, which is now stuck on the PS3. We got all these games are now. You know, we got Monster World Four in English, which is stuck on the PS3. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want those games to be stuck there. I want them to keep going because I look at my my PSN account and I have like a thousand some purchases on that account. And I'm like, I don't want these games to keep disappearing every time a new system comes out. So I loved the idea, but sitting there watching the presentation, it was just, it was kind of like, I'm not feeling that excitement, you know? And the the, the console actual generations do offer this excitement because you know things are going to be totally different. And I went in thinking, okay, things are going to be better. Like we're going to have... 1080p for everything and 60 frames per second, you know, um, and then 4K-ish for 4K TVs. But you see that in person and it has far less effect on you than you think it's going to have. Um, and getting a chance to see those games afterwards and play them, like they would do, 
they would do comparisons of, okay, here is the regular PS4 version of this game, and then I hit this button, and this is now what it is on the PS4 Pro. And it's kind of like that um, having to have somebody standing there showing you what's different. And that was the problem. Is, is I, may, I, may I ask this question, but not to yeah. lose your thought? So it's it's fair to say the jump you saw between the two was not akin to going from standard def to HD. Oh, absolutely not even not even close. Um, I think I, I I feel I don't even know like 1080 to 720 because I think that when you have video like that that is upscaled, you can always kind of tell at least to some degree. Right. It's just it's. It might be kind of like, I think a good example of this might be uh, Persona 5 that's coming out, where there's a PS3 version and PS4 version, mm. and the game mm-hmm. was actually, you know, designed with the PS3 in mind. And it's like, okay, the PS4 has some some better textures here and there, and, you know, a little less pop and stuff like that. But it's kind of like that thing where you have to sit there and be shown, like, what's different. Um, and, you know, with, with, with HD, like... It wasn't that hard to tell. Oh, oh my god, this like this looks a lot better. There's more detail and stuff like that. But on playing these games on the on the pro on 4K TVs, your mind is telling you this is just how the game always looked because you're not understanding that difference. You're not understanding you know like a console generation jump where it's very obvious how much games have advanced at that point. Hmm. And so I think this is going to be a really, really tough sell. Um, it's going to be a, hey, if you have a 4K TV and if it supports HDR and, you know, if you have a game that supports 4K and HDR and the PS4 Pro, then your game's going to look like it's supposed to look. And that's what it felt like, is this is almost a system to make games look like they're supposed to on the PS4 Pro. I mean, I, I mean, on 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 4K TVs. Hmm. The uh, the challenge that I heard there was an additional one. Not only is the cost of entry kind of very minuscule, you know, you have to have the hardware, but if you actually have the both HDR, uh, if you have 4K and you have HDR, there's a a bit of a latency issue on some HDR televisions. That's the problem. And yeah, I know the problem that too, might yeah. Be, so at a certain point, it's like, all right, it's like 3D televisions all over again for me, where it's like, let's just wait until the cost comes down until there's like a uniform where I know that I'm going to get the right machine and right. the right box. And... Well, I, the thing I've also heard, too, is like it's an issue of, of like if you have the right kind of HDR on your TV or something like that, if it can handle the proper HDR signal. There's feeling like there's so many. And I guess part of the problem was, like I said, I, I know like sh- when they were showing the differences in, in resolution, you could tell, okay, yeah, these games looked better like not like super duper better but better but you're thinking okay i have to get a whole new playstation i have to get a whole new tv and then i have to have games that will have this update all to kind of look like my games already look you know i think the most exciting part was the idea of what games on our current tvs will be will be like you know whereas Okay, your single player game now might be you know sixty frames instead of thirty frames. Right, like that I think is exciting. Um, 
but it's just it's a, it was a hard sell to me like playing these games because like I said again just I can't hammer it enough is in my brain it was like this is just how this game looks may I throw something out there before I forget and I hate to be a real Mr. Negative Party Pooper as everyone knows I really do like Sony but I, there was something that was brought to my attention after I saw a headline and I didn't believe the headline Molly can you believe that the PS4 Neo, out of the box, will not play 4K Blu-ray discs? I was going to say that. That is that is. What is going on? The 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 Xbox Slim, which came out last month, can play 4K Blu-rays right now on their sh- little slim shitsy console. And it's funny because the PS2 was one of the biggest driving factors of DVD. It's and Sony owns Blu-ray in, in the beginning. Uh, this is the, insulting. The PS3 was a a very big push for a very cheap PS3 player when it when it hit. Um, it is shocking to me that there is no not only that there's no uh, 4K UHD Blu-ray on this thing, but yeah, that they let their rival not only have that support but have that support on the slimmer version of their current console not even talking about scorpio like how do they let that happen and that is the biggest spit in the, like honestly you know what I, I said this to neil in private so i will say i don't think i said it on the show i feel like there was a kind of like a, a flinching contest going on and you know sony kind of made the first move and then micro like it got to a point, you know, Microsoft was getting outshined in certain aspects. And then it just became a game of where they slowly but surely were working on their interface, backwards compatibility, kind of the, the tortoise versus the hare. And now it got to a point with Xbox where they're kind of like, okay, we're going to get in this staring contest and we're going to see who blink fir- blinks first. And they got Sony to blink and blink again. And while they were doing that, Microsoft went and now it's just like, Okay, now Sony is in a weird way playing Microsoft's game, which is a game they didn't have to play due to their lead this generation and dominance. And now Microsoft is literally just, it's almost like they're toying with them. Man, they got two for flinching. <laughs> they did. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. It, I mean, now it's like, you know, and some people ask me in private, like on the phone, they're like, well, what do you think of Microsoft announcing the Scorpio so early? Like, is it going to kind of cannibalize their own sales? And I said, look, I said at this point with the Xbox, it's not so much like, sure. Uh, I, I said, you know what it was? I said that was more of a game between Microsoft and Sony themselves. I saw it as I, with leaving the fans, out, which is totally, which I know sounds dumb. And it's kind of like showing, okay. We know Neo's coming because it was even speculated around E3, and Sony even acknowledged it but said, you know, it wouldn't be shown until a further date. So Microsoft is kind of like, okay, well, we don't have anything coming right now, but since we know Sony's going to do that mid-step, we're going to do it two a year out, and we're going to come out with stronger specs. The the problem is, um, and I, the... the before I get to that, there was another thing I was thinking about, and the fact that Sony has said this is not a reaction to the Xbox; it's a reaction to PC. But <laughs> the problem I have this is this is exactly part of what hit me 
is that if you and I'm not a PC player, but I know this much is like is if you have a PC, you have a graphics card, a new better graphics card comes out, you go, you buy it, you bring it home, you put it in your computer, you swap the cards out, um, and the drivers are updated, you can see the difference. Like I even remember playing like World of Warcraft, right, and having okay, this is this is how much you know of the horizon I can see at any one time. This is what the frame rate is. This is what the texture detail is. This is what, you know, the, how much vegetation there is in the world. And, like, I felt like I wasn't getting those options. And I think there are going to have a few games where when you're playing them in PS4 mode that you will kind of have those choices. You'd be, okay, I want more frames or, or you know, better better textures or whatever. But I think you need to have that kind of, I just put a graphics card in and I can see the difference difference there for people to really understand this but my disappointment with the pro kind of leads me to believe the same thing's going to happen with the scorpio because it's technically in the exact same spot you know as much as i didn't want console generations this hits home how much that refresh matters because once that slate is wiped clean, then developers can focus on making a new ga- a game for that new platform. Sure. With that power. Yep. And on the Xbox I and mean, the Scorpio, you're going to have that same thing of this game still has to <clears throat> also exist on the Xbox One. So there's only X amount of effort a company is going to put into developing those two different versions, especially when they also have to do that for their competing machine. Um, you know, the competing machine. So... Like, how much difference are we actually going to see on the Scorpio? And that's what I'm kind of not sure of at this point now. Like, I really still don't believe they're going to have true 4K games. And I know Microsoft is saying that they're going to, but I still do not believe we are going to say true true 4K, 4K games on, on either platform. Um, outside of indies or whatever. But what does Scorpio do that makes you see that difference? And that gets harder for me to answer now that I've had that problem on the PS4 Pro side. So I think I think both consoles might run the risk of just not being exciting outside of, well, I was going to get the system anyway. I'll just splurge a little more and get the better one just in case I have a 4K TV. You, okay, you hit it. If I was listening correctly, you hit it there. I think I completely agree with your sentiment in that. I don't see developers, so they're going to juice it up for Neo, and then when Scorpio comes out, then like kick it into overdrive again. No way, I'm with you on that. It's they're going to go back to the lowest common denominator, even though the two, the, you know, even though we've got the Scorpio coming in a hair stronger. But what I think would I don't want to say win the battle. What I think would potentially sway in Microsoft's favor with this isn't aren't it's not even themselves or Sony. It's going to be all the uh, all the fanboys and all the suckers online where the first thing they do when a game comes out instead of playing it is they're going to put up those side-by-side comparison videos, and this is what's going to happen. They're going to put up the Scorpio. They're going to do Neo, PS4, and Xbox One side-by-side. And even though it doesn't really make a fiddlist F in the end, that's – I really think in my mind what pushed Microsoft to do this is that they got sick of seeing the resolution comparisons online with PS4 and yeah. One, yeah. and it, and here's the thing: I'm being honest. We got them both. You and you know, do I notice a huge difference? Or, no, 
But it doesn't matter because the fanboys and that small niche group online is driving all of that talk and message boards and bullcrap. And now Microsoft wants to be on the winning side of that, and that's going to drive sales. Even though it doesn't really do shit in the end for the game. Like, it's not, you know, that's all it's going to be is a talking point. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, but... You know, the frame rate was a hair better or the resolution was slightly better when in reality, <coughs> excuse me, you can't you can't tell the difference between, you know, 920p and 1080. That's all bullshit. I can't imagine working in a store right now and you're asked to sell, you know, upsell this. You're going to guaranteed sell to several of the people that you just talked about, you know, people who are like, oh, I can't wait to get the pro or I can't wait to get the Scorpio. But it, it sounds like it was so much easier for my time to sell like the expansion pack for the Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it made a big difference. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. It made a difference. And now it's like and they already have the console and the, the developers who are making it don't have to change gears, just like you said. Uh, well, it's like they don't have to change gears and be like, now what do I have to do? They just like... They're like, wow, I have four megabytes to work with? Freaking party You know what's funny? And with all, this is going to sound like the biggest Nintendo kiss-ass comment. You know, with all the bits and bytes and resolutions of today, there still aren't a whole lot of games better than Mario 64. Yeah, that's a good game. You know what I mean? I hated that game. I can't. I hate when you do that. I hate, I hate, hate, hate (laughs) when you make me have to remember how I felt warmly about Nintendo <laughs> for that period of time. Y- you bring me back all the time with your pilot wings and wave race in Super Mario 64 nonsense. I knew I shouldn't have brought up the expansion pack because now I've got these like little tinglies of Nintendo good There feelings. were only really two main games. What was it? There was Turok uh, 2 and I think Rage Wars, if I'm not, which, was, or was that, which was shitty. Which was awesome, by the way. And... Uh, <laughs> Rage Wars was awesome. Was it? I thought, I thought was 2 great. was the... Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Turok 2 was the main game yeah. that we got the expansion pack for. And then, uh, yeah, Rage Wars was, was it, there, and then... Wasn't Rage Wars more multiplayer focused? It was. It was, yeah. I think, all multiplayer focused. But it was a really, really decent game. Uh, and and Winback was a really good game, too. I don't... Winback was... Uh, yeah, I actually I downloaded that on PS3, PS2 Classics, just for the memories you and I had. But... And then the other big one, wasn't it Perfect Dark? Oh, good lord. Yeah, Perfect Dark, I think. But you know what it was funny is I think the thing that caught my eye the most in terms of being impressed was the actual HDR stuff in terms of the color palettes. Um, And Sony announced that that's coming to the old PS4 as well. Yes. Which was weird. So, like, that's pretty... The thing that Can you for for listeners that don't know because I know everything I could give a textbook definition on this but I won't. Can you explain to us exactly what HDR does? So in terms of like the, <laughs> the color range, because there's a few things HDR can do, but in terms of right. color range, what it's saying is, um, you know, and I think like Neil will totally identify with this. I'm sure is back in the early computer days. I remember getting you know a Mac with like okay now the Mac has like 16 colors or or whatever you know, mm-hmm. and then you get an upgraded Mac and all of a sudden it had you know, 32,000 colors, and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, so what it does is it it provides for a much larger 
not only a range of colors, but a, a range of actual, I think, luminosities is the word I'm looking for. Uh, so that whites can be much, much brighter, for example. Um, colors can be richer and brighter. So, and it, it was weird because, like, the samples they were showing of, like, the non-HDR, I was like, I don't remember games on my PS4 looking that bad. Um, but, you know, <laughs> there is a kind of of uh, richness that comes in. And then, like, for example, if you're out in the sun, they can have the sun actually, like, kind of blind you a little bit because of how bright the bright the whites can be and stuff so it it's making a jump in not only the amount of colors that can be shown but the uh the kind of like uh brightness like the, i'm assuming richer contrast kind of yeah contrast levels that that, that colors can be shown in. And, and i don't want to sound ignorant but these would be restricted to so you'd have to have the older unit just for sake of conversation but you'd have to have a 4k television you'd have to have a television that supports hdr um, in terms of the the color gamut, or the oh, really? the color whatever the actual term is, um, and then you also have to have specific games that support that. Okay. Now okay. I've heard I don't know this for sure, but I've heard that HDR support can actually um, be a detriment to frame rate if oh. depending on how your game is programmed. But I don't know that that's actually the case or not. Well, the games that I think, uh, the stills, I wasn't there. I only saw the stills that they shared. And I think HDR would do a lot of great things for games like, shoot, like um, Tomb Raider. Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. Maybe like The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. You know, like Scenic, where you have sunsets that are like completely blown out with uh, right. super bright colors. It looks like it, it brings that line down. So, Anthony, if you're looking at a sunset, if you're looking straight at the sun, you're going to go blind, so don't do that. <laughs> but if you're looking you didn't catch at... my a-hole line because I actually think there was a game they showed that used this, and I snuck the name in just now, but I'm glad. Oh, no, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's it Tomb really Raider. Didn't... Oh, for God's sakes. Again, Nintendo and Tomb Raider. Will you stop it? Molly has no idea of my chagrin towards <laughs> either of those right now. I don't feel like going into because there's a mm-hmm. million other mm-hmm. things to talk about. We still mm-hmm. haven't talked about packs yet. <laughs> but but the all H- we're getting at is- HDR does actually also help with darker scenes too, because um, since more colors can be shown and, and a better array of contrast can be shown, then you have a, a better definition of certain things going on in those dark scenes. So like they showed, for example, um, the upcoming Days Gone, like a nighttime scene with zombies. Like it was easier to make up the zombies and what they were doing in the dark because. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, having, you have to take like low light photographs and you have like an older camera that can't really distinguish those, those differences versus cameras that can. So. Is Nolan Bushnell on the phone? (laughs) He is. I hear him. All right. So you were at PAX right beforehand. Yes. What did you, okay. So at my experience at PAX, I hit pretty much everything I could, uh, it had to be, I was going to say, the PlayStation was very quick, in and out. Sounds like you spent a lot of time walking around New York. What did you do at PAX this year? I mean, I did the show. Um, it was kind of crazier this year because we usually send two people, but we only sent one to this one. So I was doing mm. the whole show by myself. Uh, but people have asked me like, what my the best things I saw. And it's not best, but I think the most interesting experience I had was... Uh, for people who know what it is, and if you don't, I'll explain it in a second. I got to try the Nasuus Rift. 
Now, do you know what that is? Uh, that's not the 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 scent. Yes, the South Park thing, is it? South Park thing. Yep. The virtual fart machine. Yes. Wow. Nice. So people don't know. <laughs> uh, the the South Park guy. They're making the new South Park game, and they had this video that seemed like a complete parody of like the Oculus Rift and whatever. And instead of going over your eyes and being a VR helmet, it's uh, this device that goes over your nose. And so whenever your character in the game farts, it emits Jesus. like a fart smell right into your nose so that you can virtual the virtual reality experience of the game's farts. And everybody thought it was just this little parody video, but the device actually does exist. Um, they're not going to sell it and not going to release it. But at certain events, they have had it there where you could actually try it. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I am I, I'm going to ask Anthony, has Molly ever mentioned South Park on this podcast prior? I honestly don't believe so. I am so proud of you. Molly, I am so, so... It's one of the games that I was looking forward to most this year, strictly oh. because... Uh, yeah, no, that's right. But it's next year. Yeah, fractured butthole. Yeah. No, no, fractured butthole. You have to be careful of, like, pauses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, uh, what they did with the first, with Stick of Truth, uh, had no problem. I, I, as soon as they made this available, that was the biggest surprise for me at uh, E3 this year, was that they made the game immediately available on PS4, uh, Stick of Truth, uh, with the pre-order of Fractured Butthole. And, uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer. I just completely, I immediately pre-ordered it that day. So I don't mind it's being pushed out, because I know that the game's going to be absolutely phenomenal, because the first one I've played through now three times. But the difference is, like, it's diff- completely different developers, isn't it? Well, the first one was the, started at THQ, and then they wound up rebuilding right, but and it, retooling that. Wasn't, like a, wasn't Obsidian who made it? I think you're absolutely right. But who's making this next one? I thought that was... You've corrected me twice I mean, now. It's, you corrected it's, me on it's the from, It's from Ubisoft. I'm trying to think of like who the actual... Um, so yeah, it's it's actually Ubisoft and Ubisoft San Francisco. So they are different developers and there are some differences in terms of like the direction they're going with the game. But, you know, obviously it, it's it's not a complete like reworking. It, it's, it's kind of like... It's um, in the spirit of the original game, but also doing some things a little bit differently this time around. I just think the way they... One of the thoughts I had was the troubles they've had with cartoon... Or, sorry, Comedy Central. And the the success of Stick of Truth, and they're very... Like, if you watch Trey Parker and Matt Stone, when they go to these events, they're very engaged with games. Yes, they are. Uh, when they're there. Which is nice. And, yeah, for a delivery mechanism to, to put out... And I, I thought they would have done more... Stick of Truth DLC. I really did. I thought they would have expanded on that because they, you know, uh, you know, they were really passionate about it. So I think there's a real opportunity for them to continue to make content. And I hate to even say it, but like DLC content because you can play these games for, uh, shoot, I'd say 30, 30 something hours easy. Um, and to add on to that content without having... Uh, Comedy Central kind of limit you and what you can do to have more control over your... And I know they're not super censored, but I know that they had some issues with a couple episodes where they couldn't say exactly what they wished. 
but they really have latched onto game saying that this is the vehicle, this is the future for their medium. Uh, so I'm really excited about what this could bring. And I know the game's just kind of like a modified RPG. The first one was a little bit like Super Mario RPG, but this one, uh, again, the comedy, as long as it's there, the, the subject matter is really great. The fact that they're putting Marvel versus DC is really exciting to see them using this vehicle uh, in, in the way they are. Uh, well, and, and, and the I, fact I'm, that I'm gonna... it legitimately looks like the TV show. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm just so surprised to hear South Park come up on this podcast. Because uh, we were just talking about Steinsgate not 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I play lots of things. I love it. I you played the Nautilus Rift, and it's funny too because like actually like I walked away like from my Ubisoft appointment, absolutely loving uh, For Honor, and I'm really really excited for For Honor now. Oh, you're gonna have to fill me in on that. What That's the one Honor? where like it's um, kind of like historical fighters. So you have like the Vikings and the samurai and the knights, and they battle one another. And it's, it's either um, you can have like one-on-one -on -one duels, but then you can have like these uh, 4v4s where you have, you know, four human players on each side and then you have a whole bunch of like AI-controlled soldiers that are fighting. And so you're, you're trying to like gain ground from one side to the other while also protecting points from the actual human players and stuff like that. So it's kind of the idea of like, oh, wow. it's kind of the, I think there's like a History Channel show about something or something like that, where it's kind of like, you know, what if a Viking fought a samurai? And that's kind of that idea. Oh, neat. So. I've, I, you know, I'm looking at the video now, and I've, I remember seeing this briefly, but not giving it any mind. Yeah. I was stuck, I was stuck watching Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> that at PAX. is so pretty. And that's, I mean, that, that I knew that game was going to look good. In, in an HD version, but when you see it, it looks so good. I am super excited about playing that on my Vita, <laughs> the remote play. <laughs> and now I remember people getting so upset. Like uh, I remember when this was first announced, and I was so excited to see this coming to next generation. It was a game that I had limited interest in, and then Anthony got me the limited edition years two thousand. Was it seven? Strategy guide. No, you got me the game. Oh, that's right. I forgot the GameStop Steelbook. Was it 2007 that game came out? Or 2006? Either way. I can't believe it's been that long. But the, the, the six, thing is I'm that sure. the, it might be 6. But, uh, yeah, the, I was so excited to play it. And then when the game came out, uh, the announcement came out that they're going to bring it to next gen, people were saying, like, where's the Vita love? And I go, guys, this game is a massive amount of content, a tremendous amount of content. And dumping that onto a... You know, a car. I can't imagine the. They would have to hire the Namco developers from the '90s <laughs> in order to retrofit that I onto mean, one be, of those little. To be cars. fair, the Final Fantasy XX2s did come to Vita. But would you consider? Yeah, I, I, I completely. And, and I real quick, not well. to be rude, Halloween 06. Okay, so it wasn't. Oh, geez, yeah, so. I remember it came out around the same time. I think what happened is I think it was one of the Christmas gifts I got you that year. It was, and I got you Bioshock and Call of Duty 4, mm -hmm. of which both got returned. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so I wanted, I remember that. I remember that almost as much as I remember you giving me that gift. That actually gives me credibility again on this show. Thank you. I was amazed at how good those first-person shooters were. You know, I was like, wow, look at these first-person shooters on Xbox. And you're like, yeah, they're great. I can get $60 store credits. You actually just redeemed me on this, <laughs> on this show. So actually, I owe you for that because I didn't set you up for that. So. Uh, yeah, so... But no, back to what the, Molly was saying, the, the surprising element that X and X2 got in there, which were also massive in their own regard, and then you were saying that FF12 was quite the undertaking. I would say that the looking at the HD remaster that I saw at the show, to try to... I, I'm glad they're putting the time into the PS4 version. I do remote play no matter what, and I have very little issues with remote play. I know a lot of people do have connectivity issues, but I... Unfortunately, I must be the minority. So I enjoy playing, you know, those games with the power of the... I mean, Odin Sphere is the same way. Odin Sphere, Lefthrasir, uh, is that right? I, I, yeah, Lefthrasir. I've never been called to the yeah. carpet. Yeah. That I own on the Vita and on PS4, and I still play the PlayStation 4 version hmm. via remote play. So uh, same thing with Dragon... Or not Dragon's Crown, but I own both versions of Dragon's Crown as, as well. But the... That having the extra horsepower is really great, and I'm I'm glad to see that's what they focused on for Final Fantasy XII. Could they put it on Vita eventually? I'm I'm sure miracles can happen, but uh, the quality definitely would probably take a little bit of a hit. Because uh, you're talking about X and X2. When did X2 come out? How how long after X? <sighs> Three years. Yeah, it's because a handful of years. Yeah, so. I'd say that 12 is pretty intense. and um, Yeah, I just, I, yeah, just, I would so love to have it on the Vita. Yeah. X203. Okay. Yeah, because I, 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 I know, like, I know X came out before so I went to Japan. Years. And then I was thinking that X2 came out, like, after I got back. So, so X2 was November of uh, 03. FF10 itself was December 01. These are American yeah. dates. Do what I'm telling. Two and a half years. I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> <laughs> I only remember it because I had uh, it during a, the store. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. That is correct. And he doesn't know how to buy Christmas gifts for crap. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah. So uh, anything else at PAX that was very like, Did there was a, memorable? a game. Oh, and it was like... Um, I don't know if it's like a submarine game. It's a, in the hunt? No, 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 no. Uh, this is like at the PAX or the Aust- the Australian Roadshow booth. So I don't know if you saw this, Neil. Oh, weird. Um, and it was like a submarine game, and you're looking at your television, and it's literally if you think back, if you think back like Sega CD, and you think about like Night Trap or whatever, how the actual game was this like little window on the screen, and there was a bunch right. of, of like other UI and stuff. So it has right. that kind of thing, and then they have a setup where it's it's think like um, uh, was it Steel Talion? Steel Steel Talon? S- yeah. Wow. Steel Steel. The, what was it? The, Steel Diver Steel was on 3DS. No, 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 no. The the Xbox Steel Talon version. was the Atari. Oh. Yeah, Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So think that, but think like five times as many buttons. What? There's like all these buttons and switches <laughs> and everything. And what they do, what they're doing is they're releasing the schematic for all those buttons so you can build them yourself. So you can like build it in any way. But wait a minute. It had this utterly gigantic. We interrupt this program to bring you a special so bulletin. Crazy. 
Good I God. have to let this soak in. Hold on a second. Wait, what was this running? Was this like PC? It was a PC game, yeah. <laughs> and it had just like this mo- the most insane like setup for playing it that you can think of. Um, obviously, you don't. You, they're like you don't have to do this, but if you if you want to, we have the schematics. You can literally build this yourself. Good you God. think you're going to see any of those uh, otaku on Senkaku Complex uh, upload their custom jobs? <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I, like, I saw. Like I, because I saw like a handful of things, um, but I don't remember what else I like really caught my eye at PAX. Yeah, there was a. You know what? I spent a lot of time with indies there, and there there was a. What's really amazing to me is there were indies there that were three person teams. And uh, I, I met a three-person team at PAX, the PAX Experience in 2014, and they were doing a shooter called, and I'm going to screw this up again, um, it was a shooter that was all the rage a couple of years ago on Valve, God, is it three, uh, gosh darn it, Half-Life. I forget the name. Half-Life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Half-Life 3, it was. Um, oh, shoot. That stinks that I, I bring up my own anecdote and I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyways, it was a it was a top-down shooter that uh, had cartoony characters in space. Uh, Android is all cactus. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Thank yeah, God. Like that game. <laughs> Good Lord. How could I forget that? Anyways, Please I met them at again. Assault Android Cactus. So I met the developers. There was a team of three at PAX Experience, and I was blown away with what they were producing with three people. And when I was at PAX this year, the stuff that I saw rivaled stuff that I was seeing coming out of, uh, you know, Double Fine, right? Some of the art and animation was just blowing me. I couldn't believe it. And it's like two guys from France (laughs) and a composer from Chicago, right? It's amazing the amount of talent that's coming out of some of these indies. And if, if what's killing me is that when I was talking to these two guys from France, they're like, well, we had a big week on Steam and then we haven't been able to get any traction for our games <laughs> since. So it's like they put all this love and all this labor into it. And I know Assault Android Cactus was similar and it just it takes a while for them to catch fire. So uh, it, that's kind of one of the big things that I saw at PAX. And there was a bunch of different, you know, they had to, that was one of the great experiences, but then they had other experiences where they, they, I don't even, there was a game of, it was a space shooter. It looked a lot like, um, oh shoot, Bangayo a little bit, but it was Cats in Space. I think that was the name of the game. Oh yeah, 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 I think it's Cats in Space. Yeah, and they had Nazi dogs. (laughs) I'm like, Nazis (laughs) and zombies are everywhere. They're in dogs now. (laughs) <laughs> so yes, cats in space. There, I mean, there's been a few games that caught my eye, like indie-wise. Like there's the, um, was it like Battle Chef Brigade, where hmm. it's like you're you're a you're a chef, but you have to go out and and kill and kill monsters to get the ingredients, and it's all 2D sprites, and it plays kind of like a, a Guardian Hero style. Wow. Of like battle and stuff, and then you go back and you have like the big cooking battles between you and opponents and stuff like that. Um, there's the long journey home, which really reminded me of the kind of old, uh, uh, Starfleet slash or Starflight slash Star Control 
days. Oh, wow. Of like where you're out in space and you're, you're trying to get to a certain point and you're having to manage resources and, you know, uh, make alliances with alien races and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I have a list. What, that what was it called? Fantastic. No Man's Sky? No. Yeah, I was going to say. It's you shut. Oh, my God. No Man's Sky, but actually, like, hopefully worthwhile. Except they, except they put everything in there that they said. Yeah. What was the name of the game? All jokes aside, uh, the Long Journey Home. Wow. What, uh, what format? Um, it's gonna be I think consoles like Xbox One, PS4. Wow. There was oh, there was a really interesting one I played. Uh, I think it was was it Orwell? I think is what it's called. Where you are working for this office that that. <sighs> I'm trying to think of how how to explain it, but there's so there's it starts the game starts off and there's like this terrorist bombing in a square, and the office is very sure of who did it, and they want you to prove it. So you basically can go in and once you learn who she is, then you can start connecting the pieces of you can find her family members. You can like tap their tap their phones and dig into their email and their their financial records and stuff. And it's kind of all about like you are playing as Big Brother, but you're basically like a, just like a common oh, worker who is is helping Big Brother, like look into this lady's life and find out if she's the bomber and connect the dots and stuff. Do they lead, do they give you that portion of it from the outset, like on a trailer or no, like like it starts off right away as like as like kind of like this is your this is the first job you've got a new job. Okay. You 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 know you're working this new position. So. Th- so they kind of give you direction as to like you kind of know. What yeah, they did yeah. So so that you're like a supervisor. He'll start and he'll like okay. okay. Uh, so we know this. This is her name, you know. And then you you basically go in. You building a profile on her, so you'll find like her Facebook page, like the, the wow. Facebook page, and then you can pull off her her photo from there. So now you know what she looks like, and then you can make connections to who her family is, and then you can look them up. And it's you're going through like all these records and stuff, and and you're basically spying on on. The entire country citizens to find this information wow. that you need to prove that this lady was the bomber. Mm. Wow, that sounds. And, uh, when you were talking about it, it sounded like dot hack a little that, bit. But that looked a little bit. Um, I know also some people have kind of thought it was like like papers, please, for example. Oh, I'd never got that. I was hoping that one would come to Vita. I know yeah. you've talked about that way too much, but gosh, that one wanted, I wanted to play oh, so, so it, was, it was a little creepy playing it because I'm like, I'm working to destroy this lady's life. You know, like that's my job. And so it was a really weird feeling playing that. Um, I'm a big fan of Hand of Fate. So the Hand of Fate 2 is being worked on. Uh, and so that was there. I got a chance to play that. Did you get to see uh, Through the Woods by any chance? No. So, yeah, I spent a little time with it. Uh, Through the Woods was ridiculous. I thought I was looking at um, Silent Hill meets, uh, what's the one that was? Oh, I have seen a little bit of it. I have seen a little bit of it, to be fair, yes. Yeah, it had a Silent Hill feel. And then the game that was on PlayStation, I I can't remember the, it was like the movie, like the slasher movie that that they're bringing to VR. Anthony, you got to help me out with this. Uh, the cover had like an hourglass with a skull on it. Oh, oh, uh, until dawn. Oh. Until dawn. So it looked like until dawn meets Silent Hill. God bless you too yes. for being my my brain. It's it's gone away. My brain is gone. Um, through the woods was good, and then Secret Legend looked. It was a little fox character that looked like he was going through a little Zelda universe. Hmm. That looked that looked really good too. Uh, and that's a while away. But yeah, there were so. Oh, many I played. Really uh, I, I played Monster Boy. 
which is the it's not the it's not the because re- it's a little confusing. It's not the reworking of Wonder Boy and Monsterware. This is the kind of inspired by the Wonder Boy Monsterland games by the I think the French team. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Monster Boy, and it's where like you can it's it's very very inspired by those like those those Wonder Boy Monster World kind of games. Interesting. Um, that was neat. I I, I yeah. got a chance to play uh, Sonic. How was it? Um, oh. it was it was really cool. Yeah, like it, it controlled great. I I kind of like the look of the Monster Lair remake a bit more, but it's got a nice kind of look to it and style, and it plays great, controls great. It's um, so it's exciting because that's going to be a new game that we're not used to versus the kind of remake. So we'll have kind of both sides of that picture. Um, I did try Sonic Mania. Which is yeah, how- fantastic, and it was funny because they had actually um, one of the girls on the team for that game. She had, so she said, but so I think they were hers. So they had wired up old school Genesis controllers so you could play it on those. Oh, yeah. And may I ask you a weird question hmm. about it? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, did they speculate as to how many zones or levels they felt would be in that game? I think they still haven't said that. And I can't remember if she told do, me. I don't think she told me because I think there was they were still kind of keeping that a bit of a secret. Do you get a feeling that'll that it may have considerably more content than your average Genesis Sonic? Yes, because um, I think a good chunk of the game is going to be a greatest hits of previous games stages. Oh, that'll be awesome! Ooh. I'm, I'm re- honestly, that game is one of my top most uh, sought after titles. The only thing I, I must mention that I was unclear at first, but I learned recently upon reserving it. I'm confident and kind of sad that the game, at least here, will not be on disc. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no disc version. Um, can you hear that music, by the way? Let me a know little if, bit. Or I couldn't tell if it was tapping that's, or music. That's people downstairs, by the way. Is anybody listening oh, gotcha. To this? I was like, yes. They're playing Space Channel Five. Uh, no, but um, <laughs> but the but yeah, but that game still, nonetheless, uh, I am really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to something that's simple, kind of back to the roots. I, I'm just in that mood. I hope I'm still in this mood in nine months. Maybe I won't be. But I'm I'm just in a mood for something to just get in and play and fun and plays well. That's I'm in the mood for that. Well, and people, for people who don't know, so it's gonna it's this is uh, I think his name's Christian Whitehead. He's the guy mm-hmm. who um, he didn't emulate Sonic games. He basically built an engine to rebuild Sonic games. So like when you play the iOS like Sonic and Sonic Two, and you when you play Sonic CD on consoles, like he's the reason those exist is because he went back and and built this engine that could completely rebuild those old Sonic games, but then now they could be, you know, in widescreen or different resolutions and all this kind of stuff. And so he's part of the the this team that's working on making this game, and it's going to be a mixture between brand new stages, but then also taking old stages and expanding them. So one of the two stages I got to play was Green Hill, but it's like Think of what Green Hill was, and then like double it. I uh, the reason I f- feel like I've seen this as well as the other level is I watched a long IGN video with no commentary. Thank God, so I didn't have to hear them talk over it. 
am I nuts or did they also add some effects here and there that fit the old 16-bit Sonic universe like with a look that would have been used back then but weren't in there originally? Well, so yeah, what they're saying is they're actually saying this isn't this is this is what 2D Sonic would have been if it was on the Saturn. Yeah, this is great. Is kind of like the angle they're taking for this. This is great. I wow. I know but I can't wait to see how they're going to have this blow up in my face and then I uh, yeah. And I hate it when it comes out because I mean, as of right now, this is looking for uh, an A plus. I I think this is legitimately like I and it's funny because you know it just came out the fact that um, Sega picked up all the Technosoft library. Ah uh, yes, so, like the Thunder Force games and Herzog's Vi and some yes. stuff like that. Like I kind of feel like we're getting a little bit back to the days of the Sega that cares. I I didn't want to say it, but you said it. And let's hope the last of the old Sega is this other Sonic and Boom, whatever crap that's coming out in about a month. And let's hope that that's the last of it. You know the one I'm talking about? They got that that other Fire and Ice coming or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Which... let's say I'm, I'm with you on that. And it, not to jump around to you, since you're mentioning Technosoft, Sega, and Classics, did you see the third set physical release in japan the sega 3d classics will include turbo outrun yeah turbo outrun was like the top choice um so that one's gonna make it in which it was it was a weird decision i think when you looked at like the list of like what other kind of choices people had to pick from um but they are so they just announced the fact that they picked up the technosoft library so the most recent addition to that collection is going to be thunder force 3 let me ask you this, your opinion. Do you think what remains of M2 will handle that on the likes of 3DS or other platforms? Oh, no, M2 is doing this, yeah. I mean, oh, they're wow. they're they're finishing up the series. So this is this is supposedly this is basically the last of um those those Sega classics on 3DS, which is sad because they've been just fantastic. Oh, so you Oh, you don't think th- you don't think Thunder Force 3 is going to hit 3DS? No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's Thunder Force 3 has been announced as part of this collection. Okay. But there, there's still a few more games that are also going to be announced for that collection. They have not announced the, the entire roster. Mm. Um, but once they're done with this, like that is the end of the 3DS Sega Classics rundown or, or, or library. So to clarify that, separate from Technosoft, so just for sake of conversation. So that means we're not going to see Sonic and Knuckles 3D or Streets of Rage 3 3D. Well, I said we have, um, I think there's like three or four more titles they're going to announce. They have not revealed them all. But it's most likely, yes, like any other big games you were hoping for, you're probably not going to see at this point. Hmm. Hmm. And then M- I, I, M2, of course, um, for those who don't know, they're going on to – is it like hyper hyper shooting? What, I don't oh, know. yes. 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 So they're, they're going to – Battle Garega. Yeah, they're going to have a new brand that basically is bringing back some of these really classic Japanese side-scrolling and top-down shooters. Yeah, this is nasty for the wallet because I saw their pre-orders are up like on PlayAsia and NCS and all that stuff. This is getting bad. But it's interesting too because it's like the Sonic thing where um, – so they have like a big collector's edition up for pre-order, but the collector's edition does not come with a physical copy of the game. The Japanese one? Yeah. Because they're going to be super limited in those collector's editions, and it's just more for fans who really want those extra goodies and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, so it's Battle Garega and then uh, one other game that they've already it, announced. It's on the tip of my tongue too. Yeah, but so you know we're talking games that that could go for. So it's called Shot Triggers. It's their new line of Shot Triggers. So it's um, Battle Garega and uh, Dangun Feveron. Feveron. I'm looking right now. So these are like I know I think Battle Garega at least currently on Saturn goes for a very hefty price. And so they're going to do, like, super crazy home ports of those games. And then going forward, probably other, you know, beloved shooters. So I think the one I'd probably be – and I'll, correct me if I'm wrong, Molly. I believe we can finagle this on our uh, Japanese PSN account, correct? Yeah. I just yes. – I mean, I, I literally just the other day, um, I picked up the Hatsune Miku Future Tone demo uh so for anybody okay. who are project diva fans like there's this fantastic utterly crazy new game that just came out in japan digital only and so you can you can get there's like a limited like to, i think three songs um demo version and then you can buy all like all the rest hmm. but yeah it, you just, i mean it's it's a tiny bit tricky to make a, an account if you don't have one but look online there's plenty of um you know walkthroughs on how to do it but so I'm looking on eBay right now, and so copies of Battle Grega for Saturn are going for like 260, 265, wow. 268, wow. 299, 308, 319, 267. So does it mm-hmm. give a chance for people who had never had that ability to play those those games right. to just buy them digitally for a nice price and download them? Yeah, let's talk about hardcore. What a what undertakings M2 takes on? And not to beat a dead horse, you know, it's so sad that years ago when they were doing the Neo Geo stuff, it's so sad they didn't uh, just keep having them do it. Well, I think the problem, too, is, like, just that SNK's planning for that was just so horrible. And they, you know, because you, you could tell when they were going in, it's like they're starting with all these random games. Like, uh, look, I it was a great game for the time. There's no reason to release Samurai Showdown, the original anymore right. there is nobody out there i want you to show me i want you to introduce me to a person <laughs> who wants sam show over sam show too right everybody now, wants- it would have been different if they did like if they if you knew like hey this week we got sam show one coming next week we got two for completionist that's one right. thing but yeah but only- for completionist only like i mean like there's there's right like i mean even like the king of fighters things you can kind of argue right, right? like okay king of fighters like you know 96 i like the soundtrack for that 95 was kind of cool you know, because it was the first, like, where you could, you know, change up teams right. and stuff like that. But at a certain point, there's some games like Sam Show where there's no point in not just starting with Sam Show 2. And let me say this. I want to say two things because it has been a little while since we recorded. So I'm going to sneak something in, a super-duper quick shout-out because I promised it. And I want to uh, – <clears throat> I just want you to speak on something really quick. So I want to thank fan Usagi704 on Twitter, uh, co-host of Heart and Usagi. Sent a really um, – passionate 45 minute audio clip to me <laughs> about a month ago on his feelings on uh, about what I said about King of Fighters 14 his retaliation what of did sorts. you even say um, I was just really harsh on the last episode I wasn't harsh to be a, an a-hole at everyone um, it was more I guess to SNK which who I know will never listen to this 
But he brought he had some good he had some good points. I'm not gonna, you know it was certainly because I didn't go into a lot of depth on the actual gameplay, which which I didn't. I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say that I did. And I was very visual focused. So nonetheless, at the end of it, he he was professional and he said he enjoyed the show and enjoyed listening and thanked us for our time. So I wanted to thank him for the heartfelt and passionate audio. Uh, with that being said, I want to pass this over to Molly uh, as since then. You have done the official review at egmnow.com, yep. and it was given a um, a rather a rather nice score. So I saw your review at egmnow.com. You don't have to get into it in its entirety. Let me ask you this. Since that review went live, when that game came out towards the latter part of August, about a month ago, are you still playing Cough 14? You you doing any little bit of tournament play online? I mean, online? okay, I'll be honest. I have not played it since then. I have not done the patch. I know that the patch came out to help with online. Um, and 0% of that is because I don't like the game. It's just a factor of um, if my time is not being spent playing games for work, which I've had a couple of big games recently to do since since King of Fighters, you know, uh, 14, um, my time is spent playing Overwatch. I mean, that literally is like my gaming time. So, oh my yes. god! As we've talked about recently, that's my obsession. Yeah. So, um, I I have not played Street Fighter Five. Like my, well, that's big. Like I had not that's played Street really Fighter Five big. like for months that's until big. I was at PAX and went to the the Capcom booth and actually played it there. So, that's crazy. But that is big that you. So you haven't done the latest update for SF5 as of yesterday? No, I haven't even. T- I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even touched story mode yet. So I'll make the super lightning quick. Uh, yesterday's update, which I haven't done yet, I was going to do it tonight, and I got lazy. Urian uh, is added. Uh, the last of the initial six, uh, you know, DLC characters. Well, let's, let's, let's be careful here. Let's say Urian was added, so that Neil doesn't think your actual urine was added to the game. <laughs> I have to bring it up at least one more time to complete. The three stages of comedy. I have to bring up Urian one more time. Yes. And this is, Urian is not it. But it's funny because all, all, all my friends back home call him Piss as, as his nickname. So. <laughs> uh, daily targets uh, versus CPU mode. Uh, this next one is the one I got to give Molly credit on. Not that it took a genius, but uh, Molly was correct in this. Uh, feeling that the environmental stage KOs may have either been lessened or neglected for the most part due to time. Well, guess what was added on this uh, update? New environmental stage KOs have been added for all stages that were available at launch. Uh, So players can look forward to finding new ways to expand the playing field and humiliate their opponents a la Real Bout Special. Can we also real say, bout, can we also say that Molly real bout, was not mo- special? I'm going to get tagged on that. Can we say that Molly was also right about when the PS4 Pro would be coming out? You were pretty darn close. I was, I was, um, <laughs> uh, I was a little more generous in the pricing for the slim than they ended up being. So I thought it was going to be two forty nine. It's actually twenty nine, but yes, it's coming this year. So uh, fighter profiles are updated, and stat tracking will now go live. Colors 3 to 10 on default and battle costumes for all confirmed DLC characters will now be included for all season pass holders. Existing and future premium costumes will now include colors 3 to 10 when purchased. Uh, this will be retroactive for those that have already purchased premium. Color bundles are available for purchase with fight money or via the Steam and PlayStation stores. Ba ba ba. Miscellaneous gameplay enhancements and bug fixes. For all the latest assets and information on Street Fighter V, please visit the press site. 
at press.capcom.com. So, Street Fighter Five uh, update went yesterday, but back to Molly's point, that is big that she has not been playing SF5 and her Karin and all of her excess time still on the greatest game of all time, game of 2016. Yes. Overwatch. But no, like I said, I, I liked King of Fighters 14. I, I, it, it very much surprised me. I did not think it was going to be as good as it is. It is ugly. There is no there is no way around that. It is an ugly game. I hope it's not ugly in the future. But gameplay wise, um, and in terms of some of the features, like it's it's it feels like uh, King of Fighters, you know, has felt. And so it feels like if unlike the maximum impact games that came out before, um, this this feels like true real King of Fighters. So. All right. Let's do this. Before we continue, we've talked about PAX. We've talked about the PlayStation meeting 2016. Uh, Neil, who is still present and hopefully hasn't hanged himself since the Battle Garega talk uh, and put himself inside a Jets fuselage. Uh, you know, part of the reason for him being on this evening is, you know, he did pay a hefty sum to get on radio.morningproject.com to do a little promotion. Uh, which goes everywhere from at 24BitAJE on Twitter to at MollyPen on Twitter. That's M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. As well as the Suddenly Molly Twitter feed, which I haven't even checked in a while, if I'm being honest. I haven't tweeted in a while. (laughs) So it's uh, Suddenly Molly, but this one is M-O-L-L-I-E. Don't forget to check out EGM Now, at EGM Now. Uh, And the one and only, the lovely... Morning Radio official Twitter at Morn Radio M O R N R A D I O. My uh, my Shin Megami Tensei Four Apocalypse review just went up on EGM. So if you want to read that, you can go read that. I will have to check that out. Uh, have not read that yet. Picked up the game the other day. It's fantastic. You game. are you are the game's master. I must say, the very versatile. But the reason for all this plug and promotion and the the thousands of dollars that Neil spent to even get some airtime this evening. Uh, before we start to wrap up realistically with about 30 minutes left, please, Neil, tell us about the uh, the exciting, the once-in-a-lifetime event, the experience that gamers don't want to miss. The Games and Music Festival, Festival, if I could get the words out, uh, coming up in California. You still there? I'm very, or just you yep, slice your wrist? I'm very, no, I'm very happy you mentioned games. And music festival because it's games first, and then the music festival second. So uh, yeah, th- and I just wrote on Twitter yesterday that, uh, and I shared my viewpoints on Twitch uh, streamers and YouTubers early on. But the whole idea for this is it's going to be so ridiculously intimate, just like uh, I'd say early CESs, like you'd see in the '90s, uh, very early on. You know, where you just had tables set up and it was very kind of uh, low-key but very passionate individual. Same thing with, I mentioned PlayStation Experience in 2014 when Sony rolled that out. They rolled that out with like a month left in the year. They really didn't do a good job promoting it and wound up giving a bunch of tickets away at a certain point. But the show, I got to talk to everybody from uh, uh, Penn and Teller. I got to talk to uh, uh, Keeley, Jeff Keeley. Mm. I got to talk to... Um, I didn't get to talk to Trey Parker, but he was there. It's like crazy that you could run into them. Uh, Tim Schaefer, I got to run into him. So uh, it's going to be one of those kind of events where you could be, you know, 
sitting by a table waiting to try, try, try out the HTC Vive and, you know, Markiplier comes up or, you know, somebody from Rooster Teeth or, you know, uh, one of those people that you really are like, holy cow, that, guy, that guy's right there. I, it's going to be one of those type of events where things are very, very personal and the show's not going to be that huge. Uh, tickets are almost sold out right now. And all it is is a place where gamers in, you know, 72 minutes south or 78 minutes south of LA, <laughs> wherever that is, uh, can go uh, check out, you know, not only games, uh, but can check out, you know, the Vive. Oculus is going to be there. Um, you know, there's going to be a bunch of, there's going to be a stage. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, games demonstrations on the stage. And then there's going to be music and, and singing. It's going to be a really neat event. Uh it's kind of like an after party. This is the kind of how I'm looking at it. It's, it reminds me of more of a big after party at E3. Oh, I like you that. Because you're going to have some gaming stations there. You're going to have a lot of people sitting around. There's going to be tables all over. So it's a really neat event. And what is it about? So the Games and Music Festival is about generating and driving awareness towards Game Changer Charity. Uh, that's a charity that we've been part of for a little while. And that is uh, Game Changer Charity is about exactly what that is is changing the game for kids uh and this one's going to be helping kids in southern california who have been impacted through life-threatening illnesses who are stuck in the hospital with you know going through cancer treatments so game changer charity is about using video games to kind of help these kids escape or help give them some uh you know give their families some some hope and some uh some really good feelings actually going through this process. So we, we've gone into hospitals and we've given out 3DSs. None of the big XL blocks like Anthony's. I haven't stolen any of your 3DSs. <laughs> but we'll go in there and we'll hand out games to kids. Uh, we'll go in there and, uh, you know, we've given out not only games, but we've gone in, worked with larger game companies to get a lot of their older games and then kind of put them in a humble bundle and those proceeds mm. have gone to pay for college scholarships for kids who've gone through cancer treatments gone to pay for families bills who kids whose kids are in the hospital it's a fantastic cause and it's like one of those things where you can use video games for so many different uh, vehicles and to help kids in need is a really fantastic one so i'm preaching to the choir here it's like who doesn't want to help kids right but uh, this big festival is has brought a bunch of uh, YouTube personalities and Twitch personalities together. They've been doing streams for the charity, and they've been collecting uh, proceeds. And those proceeds have all been donated to Game Changer. We've got, if you look at the website, which is thegamesandmusicfestival.org, you've got Amazon's going to be there, you've got Unity's going to be there, Twitch is going to be there, and it's right and uh, it's right on the heels of TwitchCon which is the i think october 1st is that correct um i believe it is so first and then this is right after on sunday the second is when this event is so if you want to get in and play you know virtual reality games if you want to go see twitch streamers and youtube streamers that you you know you follow if you want to kind of get in and hobnob with you know executives from amazon's games department or unity or whatever it's a really great venue for that and we got invited to it uh, because I I, uh, I paid somebody fifty dollars under a bridge. <laughs> you didn't know, but we've been helping them for like three years doing this. And uh, what's really surprising is that they've got 
you know, it's the first time that Double Plus Good Games has been up on the same marquee as, you know, GameStop, Twitch, 2K Games. It's crazy to see our name up in those same lights. The podcast that Anthony and I started, what, six years ago? Um, to see it come around and see us being part of this event is absolutely, it's staggering. Uh, and that's the greatest excuse, Molly, for why we haven't recorded a podcast. Because I've been busy saving children's <laughs> lives. I don't know which one's better. I know. Podcasting I know. It's a toss up. Kids. I don't know. It's, it's a toss up. But uh, yeah, the bottom line is if you are in the LA area, if you're just south of LA, um, and you're free the first weekend of October, definitely give this a check. I mean, it's seriously, it's like a very early version of PAX or CES. You're going to get to play a ton of games. Like, you're going to be able to get hands on with the Vive and Oculus if that interests you. Um, We've got everybody from uh, Tecmo, or Koi Tecmo. We've got Bandai Namco is going to be there. We've got PlayStation. We've got Capcom. All of those people are going to have Tecmo, Koi. Table I wonder if they have in. Neo. What the? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Neo, the uh, game called Neo. N-I-O-H. Oh, gosh. You know what? I've, I'm so happy you spelled that out because I had no idea. I was like, N-E-O. I've never heard of that yeah. game. Yeah. But I've always been spelling Neo wrong. No, but it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a, a setup. No, that is a that is one of the major titles they're working on right now, and it's uh, it's arguably has a little bit more of a Dark Souls, Bloodborne difficulty slant on it right now, Ooh. with a feudal Ninja Gaiden esque look of a title that was in development over a decade. If that made sense. Yeah, that's actually I but, I, I I know I've seen yeah. that game. I just yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. They might have some cool stuff. Um, yeah, maybe they could have what? Oh, and they've got Carnival Games VR there. Uh, And I'm not making light of this. I'm assuming this might be a much, 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 much more advanced version, this show of like that PlayStation truck we went to years ago. Yeah, so that is that is definitely putting it in the lowest common. But I did. I said that because it it was a good experience. Yeah, I so. That's it. I think that's exactly what this is. It's going to be a really good experience because you're going to have, uh, I'd say, several booths. There's going to be a big indie gaming pavilion with about 20 different indies, just like a PlayStation experience. You're going to have multiple VR gaming stations manned by, you know, Oculus, uh, HTC. And then you're going to have, like, an Xbox pavilion like you'd see in the mall there. And, like, I'd say, like, the pop-up shops they do during Mm, holiday. mm, mm. Those are going to be here. And same thing, and then and the whole thing is gonna—they're gonna have in-and-out trucks there, so Ooh. burgers, all that stuff. It, it, it's like the best little uh, mini Lollapalooza picnic, <laughs> focused on games and music, which is gonna be fantastic. So let me ask you so this: again, for, for fans, for fans interested and, and fans that want to see a follow-up, will there be anything put on anything, whether it be from the Double Plus Games website or your Twitter feed? Or BauerGraphics.com. Where can we get a follow-up or a visual in case, you know, if this is done again in the future or next year, or people plan for it better next year and want to attend, uh, where can they get further follow-up information? Sure. You can go to, right now, the gamesandmusicfestival.org. That is all the information for this year. We'll also feature it on Double Plus Good Games, and it will be on GameChangerCharity.com and .org. So GameChangerCharity you head over to the website they'll give you all the information about this and what the event does and who it helps 
Uh, and if you're going to want to learn or see the festival, say if you can't make it, check out any of the Twitch and YouTube streamers because they'll be streaming from the show. So you'll have, you know, Markiplier, Captain Sparkles, and all of those uh, individuals. Uh, they'll be casting their shows from this event. So if you wanted to check it out on October 2nd, log into Twitch. Log in, and Twitch is a promotion. Twitch is part of this event too. So, right after, and it's going to be announced during TwitchCon. So after TwitchCon, we expect to see a lot of you know activity on Twitch. They're going to be promoting this and advertising this. So on October second, head over to Twitch, take a look at any of the streamers from the show, so you can see what it's about. And again, if you're in the LA area and you see this on Twitch, you're going to certainly kick yourself <laughs> for missing it. And I'm not trying to pitch it. I'm not. I don't get kickbacks or revenue from the show. It's just one of those events. Like if I had known what PlayStation Experience was going to be about, I would have flown Anthony down there in a heartbeat. <laughs> because it was like, did you go to that by any chance, Molly? To I'm sorry. To what? PlayStation Experience, the one in December. No, I have not. I have not been because like other staff members have gone. I I'm curious about maybe going this year, but I don't know if I will be able to or not. So the first year was so crazy because they promoted that so poorly uh, that nobody really, I mean, they were given tickets out at the end, right? They, <laughs> they were like, here, take tickets to the show. We've got 150 but that's also available. But the year right? that it was, it was tied to the, uh, the Game Awards, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Good memory. See, that's fantastic. So it was right after, right hot on the heels. And that's why all those individuals were there. Uh, but when I was at that event, I was shocked at how close you could be like I was standing in line talking to one of the directors on uh, PlayStation VR back the two years ago. And then uh, Yoshida was right there, right behind us. And he, he was completely approachable. And so where do you get an event like that where you get such intimacy on the floor and it just wasn't there? And there was no lines, no pack. Like there was, you know, you didn't have to fight to get elbow room. The only thing you had to wait in line for was food. And that was seriously like only five people deep. Uh, and I think you might have gotten dysentery if you ate at one of those <laughs> places. But outside of that, it was a fantastic event. And this I see is very similar because you've got a lot of personalities there. You've got a lot of people coming uh, to this event who are from the industry. It, you know, we talk about rooster teeth and we talk about these personalities. But there's still going to be a lot of individuals there from game development studios, from indie studios. So if you're very much into games... And you see this on Twitch, you'll be like, holy cow. It's kind of like missing out at the first Lollapalooza. So uh, that's why I'm kind of really passionate about it, because I'm like, I want people to see this. <laughs> well, I'll definitely check, uh, for real, because I'm on Twitch, so I will I will check that out when it occurs. I'll get some live feed. Uh, we will definitely check out some updates uh, online. Uh, I want to see what that looks like. I want to get your take. We will definitely have you on again in a future episode. We may even make it a DLC pack which is always the best price of free. Now, before we wrap up GVGP20 here this evening, we're going to do our famous segment uh, that we do from time to time. And this is where I take the remaining few topics we have and I just rapid fire them right over to Molly uh, because nobody gives a shit what I have to say. Uh, Molly certainly has the acumen, the intelligence, the, the game versatility over me. So... Uh, we are now at about the 126 minute mark on GVGP20. While we have done some real record breakers in the past at four to six hours, uh, as of late, we've been keeping it within a three hour mark. 
Plus, it's Friday night, and I got a lot of partying to do later, like uh, Ric Flair. So, now, we've got one of the topics I believe we grazed over, and I don't expect to open a whole big monster can of worms, and I also don't mean to be rude at the same time. Tokyo Game Show, uh, it's the first year you've missed it a little while, Molly. With that being said, I watched maybe a half hour or an hour of footage from the floor from various YouTubers, saw some tidbits here and there. Was there anything like shocking or stand out that you saw, or that you were like, "Man, I wish you know, I wish I was there," I or? Uh, did... Yeah, I can't. Really. I can't think of much. I mean, like um, Sony's press conference was really lame this year versus the last two years when it was actually pretty good. Um, Metal Gear Survive footage came out. And people aren't happy about that. <laughs> Ooh. I did watch that video. Yeah. And uh, in short, Kojima, paraphrasing him, said, you know, he made it very clear he did not work on that game, had nothing to do with it. But if he did, he would it would have had mechs. Yeah. So, uh, well, something interesting that was kind of at TGS, uh, Evo now under new parent company. Expect big news January 2017. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard this. I don't know anything about this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk like the micro machine, man. So this is from uh, Shoryuken. So, uh, amidst the Evo Japan news being revealed at the Tokyo Game Show over the past few days, one important aspect of Evo's future has come to light going forward. Evo will be operating under a new parent corporation called Triple Perfect Incorporated. That should have been the name of our podcast. Uh, Instead of SRKX Productions, Joey Queller and Mark Julio are presently discussing and promoting Evo Japan at the Tokyo Game Show. And the target date of January 2018 has been announced for the first ever event. A pre-Evo event is planned for sometime in 2017, with details still to be announced in the future as they are finalized. As for Evo Japan itself, the plan is to bring the successful Evo formula from Vegas across to Japan. Uh, While noting that the Japanese fighting game community in particular will open up opportunities to feature games that are more popular in Japan as opposed to North America, such as the Virtua Fighter series. But attendees can expect similar vendors and BYOC areas in addition to possible new novice training play areas and new cosplay events. Mr. Wizard has also teased a big Evo secret that nobody knows yet to be revealed in January when more Evo 2017 information is released. It is also the hope to have Evo Japan's final dates locked down by that time, as Evo continues to expand and engage the fighting game community in North America and Japan. The future of the event on both sides of the Pacific looks bright. So it sounds more like a, just like a kind of restructuring of the company, the new name, yeah. then it's not like going into different hands. Yeah, it says... Uh, uh, very first Evo Japan will be January 2018, so that's their goal. I wonder, not to read too much into this. All it is is a quote date, but uh, you stop me if I'm talking out my backside. You know, the New Year it seems January of each. That's that's big in Asia, isn't it? Like the New Year is a huge. I it's, that's well, like, it's because um, in Japan, uh, that should be when Golden Week happens. I thought. I always uh, thought Golden Week was April. See, I was confused. There's like two different kind of things. Um, yeah, you're, but you're I know right. you're right. You're right. April is yeah. Golden Week. And I can't remember what it is in because in, it's not. It's because that's is that when the Chinese New Year starts? Yeah. Is in Jan? Uh, it's in January. Yeah, I don't think it's right on the first. Now you're testing my Chinese knowledge. I don't think it's right on the first, but I think right. Yeah, no, no, I no, it's, it's, it's not right on the first. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, 
I guess I guess Japan is coming of age day. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I was thinking because um no okay I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the fact that that Golden Week, I think Golden Week is no because there's something when kids in Japan get money from relatives. Oh, I like that. And it doesn't Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yes. That was Canada. <laughs> uh, and it it but it doesn't match up with Christmas. So it's always like. People are always are will always ask like, oh, why are things not not selling as big in Japan in December? It's because well, they don't really like, Christmas is not a present kind of holiday. So the holiday that comes after that is is typically when a lot of big sales happen. But I'm trying to think if it's Golden Week or not. But speaking of, is it you know the big thing in Japan? And once this is only what I know from books and online articles. Japan, it's all about the lead up to Christmas, the twenty fourth, and it's like a big date night in KFC. Yes, right? yeah, well, yeah. So KFC and is one of the things. Yeah, you do. Uh, but yes, the twenty fourth is a, a lot bigger deal than the twenty fifth is, and Christmas in Japan is much more for couples than it is mm. like family. Is it coming of age day? That's what I was wondering. Well, I mean, I know that's in January, but I don't know if that's when kids get money or not i can't remember what oh, the gotcha. holiday is when they actually get well that ho- that for me that's every day it's every day yes that's what i but said there, there is a certain point i said i don't remember it's, it's part of golden week because golden week for those who don't know that's it's basically it's a series of what is like a lot of holidays all in a row right and so they're like okay we're gonna make the entire week be a, a national holiday. Unless you're working for many of the Japanese game developers, and then it really doesn't apply. Yeah. So that doesn't matter. Uh, with that being said, as we uh, scoot along here, uh, we obviously talked about the new systems earlier. I don't need big uh, big run-ons on this, but what do, did you happen to catch? So not only do we have PS4, Neo, and all that stuff coming up, did you see that there's like modified like visually, like the camera, the new uh, DualShock 4? Yeah, the new 4. camera. Uh, the DualShock 4... Has the light bar on top now, so you can see it. I mean, it's not—it's the exact same light bar. It's just like there's a a, a clear space on the top um, touchpad, so you can see what color it is. And they kind of think refine the buttons and sticks a little bit. Um, there's a new camera. It's like round and it's like kind of easier yes. to reposition and stuff. And uh, I, by the way, I find it funny that the the Pro logo for the PS4 Pro looks like so Apple. <laughs> It is so. I mean, no, that, I agree. I saw. Just, I saw. It. That is so so Apple, which is funny. Did I still call it the Neo? Uh, I think I did. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, what it I mean, but that, that's like the kind of like what we knew yeah, it as. Same so. thing. And then uh, this is more for myself being so. Oh, and then by the way, that PS4 Gold headset. Uh, they got another one of those. I'm going. That doesn't look too bad. Maybe it'll be my 87th headset in the apartment. And then uh, lastly, more for myself, I'm looking for insider information. I, th- I do believe it has already been announced to be coming here. But uh, have you gotten to play or see or hear any further tidbits on the Berserk game coming here? No. I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty sure it's coming over. Um, I have been keeping track on that because I know there's been information coming out recently about it, but I just haven't had a chance to kind of catch up yet. I hope the game is excellent, but even if it's a big steaming hot pile, I will still pick that one up to add to my collection. I'm a big Berserk fan. I'm about halfway done with the latest uh, episodes on Crunchyroll, and uh, yeah, a lot of people are excited so, for it. Yeah, so, so uh, hopefully, hopefully that does it a little bit of justice. And with that, I uh, want to thank Neil for being our guest this evening. Impromptu, uh, sticking with us uh, uh, all this time, and and uh, 
jumping on tonight. He is a busy man. That's not sarcasm. Uh, I want to thank Molly, as always, for taking the time, uh, getting through 90-minute L.A. traffic to literally get home and jump on for GVGP. And um, as always, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy the fan feedback, uh, whether it's intense or not. The fans don't make it worth it. Uh, the fans are why we do it. Uh, otherwise, we'd just be talking to each other and uh, listening to our own feedback. So, and we we, with, we we didn't check email this week by this this show, but um, uh, send us email and then we'll we'll. What's we, the email, Addy? Uh, it's in the show notes. I think it's gvgp at morningproject.com, but just confirm right. that the show notes, show notes, and then we'll read them next episode. So for safety, check that out at radio.morningproject.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want, uh, give us a rating or little review. We always prefer the positive ones. And with that, thank you everyone here this evening that took the time to record. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. You want me to stop the recording? Good Lord, too.